learned I learned a trick. I don't know if it's a good trick or not, but it's it's a it's a cool trick. And it's how to extend your AirPod life when you're on a conference call. And I don't mean the pulling one off your ear and putting the other one and charging it okay. halfway through. Okay. Is if you can get away with it, if you're on a long call where you know you're not going to talk or you're just listening in, change your settings so that your mic is your computer mic or a different mic. Mm-hmm. And that way it's only audio. And that way your mic isn't trying to pick you up all the time and it'll extend your battery life. But then your mic is some other mic. Yeah, but there's plenty of calls where it's an hour long and I oh, say nothing. Okay, I got you. <laughs> Which sucks. It's like, why am I here if I'm, if I'm not participating? But there are just, they're just plenty of calls where I'm on, whether it's 30 minutes or an hour. And um, I, had, I did it by accident. And I was like, holy crap, this is working. My battery life is, is, is doing pretty well. So that's my tip. <clears throat> that's a good tip, John. I like your tips. My frosted tips. Yep. I had that for a while. Oh, you were, <laughs> you were really cool, weren't you? I was going through my phases, you know? Yep. I even did different colors. I had like the, I didn't have the, like the blonde frost, but I had like a green and a blue. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Wow. You were really cool. I was cool. I think, was that before I knew you? No. No? That was when I came back and I like quit programming and I was working at you a- You had frosted tips? They weren't frosted. I had, or I had colored? highlights. That's what it is. Really? I, had, I don't know. I had like blue and green. Well, I had green highlights and then I switched to blue highlights. And the, you went for a while there where like you didn't want to, I don't think you wanted to talk to us. So there was a while like we just didn't <clears throat> do anything. I didn't see you. No, I just didn't. I think I you were think trying was, to find yourself, you know? I was trying to find myself. Yeah. I was just kind of, I wasn't what? intentionally trying to avoid anybody. I just. I think I thought for a while, I'm like, I don't know if I'm ever going to talk to John again. Because you're like, you just cut <laughs> everyone from your old life off completely. Uh I'm sorry. Except for like family. I feel, no, I, I don't remember reaching out to anybody. I think I just kind of went into my own little bubble. Yeah. So sorry about that. <laughs> so this is an interesting time in my life. I was trying to decide whether to be a Starbucks barista or a masseuse. <laughs> I done with programming, yeah. damn it. Anyway. Um, well, John, you are all fancy today. Look at this. I dressed for the occasion. You did, didn't, didn't you? You don't, have to, you don't have to get that dressed up for me. Yeah, I do. I was up in Dallas today, but uh, no, I did, is that, for, this, I did it just. Did for, you have a client meeting or what? Or do you, is it, do you just have to get dressed up when you? I mean, you're like, uh, you know. I choose to when you, I go to the office. What is, if, okay, and I don't know if you've been around enough of the people at your new company, but like, what, do, what, is, what are your peers? What do they wear when they go into the office? Jeans and a shirt. Did I do? Okay. <laughs> I just wanted to, I was curious about what the Well, you remember overall back in the was. time when I was avoiding you. I used to wear a, I wore a tie every day. I remember that, yeah. And everyone used to give me crap about were, going to the office. Because all I did was I worked in like uh, uh, IT support for like a CBT learning program. Yep. And I was always on the phone. That's all I did all day, on the phone. And it was like one or two calls a day. That's how, that's yeah. how laid back that was. Wow. But I wore a tie to work every day. It was, just, it was just a thing I wanted to do. You were dressed for success, man. So I did that for probably a year or two. I wore a tie every day. You dress for success. Uh, you, you, maybe that's that. I dress for the job I wanted, not the one I had. Exactly. <laughs> and the job you wanted was uh, to be a husband and a father, and you got it. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> because that's where you met your wife, right? Am I right about that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's funny. That's very true. Well, um, let's see. I do want to talk about the fireside thing, but that's probably maybe a little, a little too inside baseball for an opener. What's a good opener? Um, let's see. You want some options, or do you have, do you have a? Are we going to 
we're going to bury this lead that we, that we have going on? Oh, yeah. I don't want to start with that. All right. All right. What were the options? There? Um, so did you, did you happen to read Mark Zuckerberg's op-ed? No. So start he, with that. Okay. Well, you know, so he, last time, I think it was last time he, he, he was called in front of Congress, you know, he, he did a thing talking about um, how, you know, he thinks they should be regulated, right? He wants to be regulated, of mm-hmm. course. And, and that's when we, we went into the whole, was it Baptists and bootleggers or bootleggers and Baptists, this, yeah. this idea. And, and it's really, it, which, is, which is really, I think, a subgenre of just of, um, what's called regulatory capture in general, which is just, you familiar with that concept? Yeah. Regulatory capture. So I'll just try to, I'll try to define it. But it's basically when an industry that is regulated, the industry itself ends up controlling the regulators and the mm-hmm. regulators end up working for the industry almost. Right. And it happens, it's not uncommon, and I don't know, I, I suppose that like modern regulatory bodies, especially if they're, I don't know, actually, I think the whole, I was going to say they've gotten better, but I think the whole um, housing meltdown was regulatory capture. I mean, we had the regulators screaming and shouting that nothing is wrong with Fannie and Freddie, nothing is wrong with Fannie and Freddie, and then they crash, and guess whose names were on the legislation that supposedly fixed it? The same exact people. And it's just... Yeah. So anyway, he writes out an op-ed. I, don't, I think it was Washington Post. I read it. Um, so he's about regulating his the, the privacy. Uh, he thinks his it, not just Facebook, but you know, the, basically the the internet in general. But but which is I don't know. It's already regulated. I mean, but he wants you know he wants his his industry like social media to be oh, the same thing that Benioff's yeah, calling for. Say, right? Benioff, Benioff's, yeah, Benioff's on that on with. Um, I wonder if uh, Zuck called him up and said, "Hey, man, I, I really need your support on this." I want to. I want to regulate myself. I'm going to be able to write down rule my own rules, and you know, it'd be great if I get your support. Hey, hey, Benioff pioneered this, so uh, you know, <laughs> he can't, he can't be. it's part of the one, 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 one. Yeah. One. What's yeah, what's the last ones. one? I don't know. Regulate yourself. One. One. one regulation. The, the number has to come into one place. One regulation. One regulation. Yeah, there you uh, go. To rule them all. Yeah. One regulation <laughs> to rule them all. <laughs> but he said, "Okay, I got a couple of quotes here." I believe we need a more active role for governments and regulators. By using the rules for the internet, we can preserve what's best about it, the freedom for people to express themselves and for entrepreneurs to build new things while also protecting society from broader harms. The weird thing is, you know, the internet, the internet was not about creating rules. It was about escaping rules. It was, a, it was a place for people to build new and, and additional places to, you know, for a generation to build their own rules. I mean, I don't think its intent was to be a place without rules. It just was a place that existed without but pe- rules. No, but people no one- could create their own rules. You can, you can create your own little space and have it, you can have your own rules. And if people don't like your rules, they move on, they go somewhere else, you know? And you know, the, the internet was the thing that would finally deliver on, you know, the consent of the governed. Because I don't know about you and, and for, I guess people not from the United States of America, you know, this is that other countries have different things, but we're supposed to be like, what's the, what's the phrase? Um, uh, you know, of, for, and by the people. Right. And I don't know about you, but in my whole life, it's never really felt that that's mm. that materialized or maybe it did at some point, but it's certainly in mine by the time I got around here, it, uh, <laughs> it, it does not feel that way. <laughs> you know, you, you feel like the government is just this giant entity that's, doing all kinds of things and is out of control and is largely screwing things up. And, you know, I look at, and I'm not just an anti-government guy. I just, but I look at countries that have proportionally, I think, bigger governments than ours, like some of the uh, Scandinavian countries that 
Yeah, they they might have slightly bigger governments. I mean, I think their overall taxations right around ours may be a little bit higher. They just govern a lot better. They're just a lot better at it than us. Mm. I mean, they provide, you know, like, you know, some of them brag about how they're, you know, they have health, better health care systems. And like, yeah, you are just better at governing yourselves than we are. We, you know, you also have 5 million citizens and we have like 380 million. So there's a little bit of a difference there. Maybe <laughs> the problem's a little bit different. But I mean, we're just, yeah, I don't know. Um, but, you know, but the, but the internet was like, again, it was this cyberspace, right? It was this virtual space where we could almost get a do-over and try to realize some of those ideals that go back 200 and how many ever years ago it was now. Yeah. That counts um, as a ding, by the way. You did it twice. What did I do? Am I this? Is it coming through? Mm-hmm. So that, that means that, uh, is this touching? No, it just, it just a, it's just the sound. Yeah. I don't know if it's, it's yeah. a nice bass, but yeah. But I mean, I think the core problem also when I think about mm-hmm. Facebook in specific is that Facebook provides all these privacy tools that, again, 99% of users don't go look at. They just don't do it. Well, it's, it's kind of... I mean, it's a lot. It's quite a bit of control over your privacy. It is, but it's... it's or it seems to be anyway. I mean, it, it is. It absolutely is. But the defaults are, are very public, and I think Facebook wants it that way because then they can they, they can do more with that data. It could be, but that's your own dumb fault. We can't, you know. The, don't we also have a tenant that like the government's not here to protect you from yourself? Isn't yeah. that a thing? Like you should have the freedom to be a dummy if you if that's your choice, as long as you're not you know harming others or or infringing on others' liberties. Yeah, I don't know. That's what I always thought. But yeah, he doesn't trust his users to use Facebook. Correctly, and and use these tools. But who's still using Facebook? Um, like some like a like a billion people, a billion active users, something know, like that. But, it's, I, but I think that's like that's that's holdover culture. Like I think all the young people are not use the young people. I can't believe I'm saying that. I'm so old. The young, the, the young, young people. God, I'm old. The young people have moved on. Well, I guess Instagram is Facebook, right? They own that. I mean, I you you know you're getting out to the demographic breakdown. I mean, I. Maybe I think I think you're right to some degree. I mean, there's definitely some kind of thing going on there where younger people, yeah, Instagram is. But who owns Instagram? That's what I mean. I think I think it's Facebook. <laughs> Facebook yes. Yeah. So anyway, uh, if you remember, we talked about when we talked about this original thing with the Congress. I mean, I, I went and got some of his quotes, um, actually from our previous show. When you he said you, this is what he told Congress in person. When you add more rules that companies need to follow, that's something that larger companies like ours just has the resources to go do. And it just might be harder for a smaller company just getting started to comply with. Well, of course. Yeah. This is a great thing for Facebook. The shareholders <laughs> are like, yes. I mean, if I was a fa- shareholder of Facebook, I'd be like, yes. I don't want some, I don't want other companies to be able to, to, com- to comply with this. Yeah. I don't want people nipping. I don't want the hot little new startup nipping at our toes. And it, I mean, we can look at other industries to see how, how much of a challenge it is to meet those regulations. I mean, you look at healthcare in particular, and you have these smaller companies that are trying to build a business, but have to deal with all these regulations and how difficult it is and how oh, they're running on very razor thin, not only margins, but just they're, they're not sure if they can make payroll next could month. Could you imagine? I mean, even just understanding, you know, regulations on any kind of insurance, not, not just to mention healthcare, um, any kind of insurance. I mean, the regulations are... Really, and you know, and I'm well, not, not saying just, just that. I mean, there's also just tons of regulation on how you can communicate and all those kind of things. So yeah. it makes it hard to really kind of come up with a new idea that that's meant to disrupt the industry and provide all these new technologies and enablement when the regulations lock it down and you can't for privacy reasons. And I'm not saying we shouldn't have regulations, but but it definitely creates a moat around the existing large providers. 
you, it's it's a barrier to entry. I mean, you have to have, you know, it basically means that if you're not if you don't have you know numbers in the billions of dollars, like there's no there's no chance of you even and and maybe even tens of billions. You just you're not going to get in. The the startup cost would be too high because it's they've created that big of a barrier to entry. Yeah. And there's some talk about exempting small businesses, but at some point that small business wants to grow up and cross that threshold. And that's really the hard threshold to cross is when you go from small to medium, that threshold. And then from you go from, from, from medium to trying to be big enterprise, that's a whole new threshold. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're tough. But I mean, you know, when, when, when regulation comes to like a, a, an, a sector that's not, you know, already regulated, I mean, the existing firms almost always welcome it, right? Because they get to, they get to, it, usually an industry gets to write its own rules. I mean, for the most part, they get to codify the rules that they, that they want everyone to be held to. Yeah. And which, you know, and the tech giants are, you know, they're, they're happy to be regulated. Um, it's going to help them maintain their, their positions, you know, and build that mode, keep that mode in place, make it, make it deeper and wider. Yeah. That's what it's going to do. I mean, I don't, I mean, I don't know. I guess I'm a, I'm a kind of a skeptic on this stuff anyway, but I don't, I, this isn't gonna. This is not gonna improve anyone's lives, other than share, other than shareholders of Facebook and and other large tech companies. Well, I mean, I don't want to be one hundred percent cynical. I mean, obviously, a focus and attention on having transparent rules around privacy and your settings and what's visible and what's not should be a good thing, right? Yeah, but you're but you're assuming again that it's we're gonna be regulated in a way that like youth. Would make sense to as a consumer. Yeah. I mean, we'd have to see the regulation, but I, the problem is that Zuckerberg. He's already he already got up in front of Congress, and he unfortunately he spoke off the cuff, and he already he basically he already said he spilled the beans. I mean, this is I'm not I'm not having to speculate about what he thinks. He already said what he thinks, and we just know that's how he's thinking. Of course, it is. That's how they're all thinking. Anyway. What was our other option? You said we. Oh uh, yeah. Uh, well, let's see. We we never talked about Apple's stuff. Do you know that? And I've been. I've just been. Oh my gosh. It's. I look back and I keep saying. I keep, I keep wanting to say. Oh, I've been busy. So busy for a week or the past two weeks. It's really been like six months now. <laughs> I keep. I can't say two weeks anymore. Um, but we didn't. The, I went a week without even before I even knew that Apple had an event. I don't think that event was publicized. I I learned about it the day it was happening. That's fine. Yeah, and I'm, I'm saying that's how just that's how out of touch I am with most of the, or you know, at least that week I was with them. But anyway, it was it was nothing. It was never nothing. It was nothing. Well, they have the new TV thing. It was nothing. That's nothing. Okay, I don't think that's nothing. There's a lot of a lot of stuff there. But it's I think you're talking about that's fine. It's a streaming yeah. service with no. I, I don't. It's, it I don't was mind somewhat, talking about it. It sounded like it was somewhat saying. unique. Actually, there were some unique how aspects so? of it. Well, because I think the one thing that I think uh, sounded pretty good, and of course the de- devils in the details on these things. Um, one of my big problems with these, you know, cut the cord streaming kind of cable replacement services mm-hmm. is that you, a lot of times you're going to need like two of them really to get all the channels you want. Sure. Right. Or maybe even three. You could, you're also going to want HBO or you're going to want whatever. Mm-hmm. And you got to pop around between these different apps. There's no like unified guide, almost like a, a unified inbox. If you have right. multiple email accounts or whatever, you got to like, go into each separate one. They've, they've all, they all work differently. They've got a different guide. The DVR works differently, you know, and that kind of sucks. And what Apple has done with them, mm-hmm. I, can't, I don't even know what they call it. It's Apple TV streaming or service or plus, or yeah. I don't even know what it's called, but 
Well, first of all, what's kind of cool is that um, it's going to be on all kinds of devices. It's not just you don't have to. Have, it's not just Apple TV. It's it's Apple TV. It's Mac. It's um, all the, like a lot of the new TVs and existing TVs. I think you're going to be able to add it. Mm-hmm. And even um, I believe Roku and the freaking Amazon Fire devices are going to be able to run it. That's crazy. But back to my thing with the guides and whatever. It's going to be uh, it's going to be one of these things where it's got its it's bringing in. Your it's the services that you the the other t- the TV services you subscribe to into it, and so you've got a unified guide which shows you all the things you have access to, mm-hmm. and lets you gives a, a single interface to search through them, browse through them, see the schedule, all that kind of stuff. There's there's things that do that, but then it pops has to pop you out to their app. And I so what I heard was that initially that's in some cases that's what it's going to do, but long term they're actually um, it's not going to do that. It'll 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 all be within. That'll be nice. I mean, all these companies are trying to set up APIs to enable yep. this type of thing. Well, and the question is, do they want to? I mean, like, does Netflix really want you watching Netflix stuff through so that you don't even really ever see as, Netflix? As, as the market gets more and more saturated, I think so. And it's also weird how this It'll business be is... the channel. It'll be the Netflix channel. Yeah. You know? It's weird how this business has transformed to these streaming services were just ways to get, you know, third-party content. And now it's it's really changed more to getting access to this uh, original content that yeah. service original content. I mean, when you look yep. at, I mean, a huge part of Netflix now is original content. A big part of Amazon's uh, Prime Video is their original content, and of course HBO is original content. But I mean, yeah. you know, so now it's it's not just like who's going to give me the cheapest bundle of channels. Right. It's or whatever. It's it's the only place I can get Netflix shows is through Netflix. Which seems to make sense for the most part. I mean, but there's still the staples. You know, it's like the salt and pepper on the table or the steak and potatoes. It's You still want your local news channel. You still want your ESPNs or whatever channel you use to watch sports or college sports and all those kind of things. So you still need that. And the the providers of these, the cable providers and also your internet providers, they're making it tough on you. Because right now the bundles are so much cheaper for me to get my TV, my phone, and my internet from them. It's just cheaper. As soon as I say, I just want internet, give me internet, that's it. Yeah. The price is, is oh, way no, more than yeah, that bundle. I've always called it the bad customer tax. So forever, who have I had? Time Warner Cable? And I don't think that they charge me this anymore because they got bought by, what is it now? Spectrum. And I don't think they this, but for, the, for... Well, Spectrum is another one that pisses me off. I have Spectrum too. But Spectrum was supposed to partner with Apple TV to have that be their cable box. Okay. Like it was announced like mm. Spectrum was going to be the, was on Apple TV. And it's just an app. And it's a crappy app. Of course it's an app. That's how it would it's work. It's a crappy app. It's crappy. Well, that yeah. sucks. It's but, better than the app that's on the box. Well, the funny thing is, is, as big as cable TV companies were, they never got good at the hardware or the software running on them. So I definitely think, I mean, I think, I think the, um, the idea of having a cable, it's your, a cable box that the cable yeah, company has to buy and maintain. Be, oh, that's gone. Go. It's just going to be, it is going to be an app on that runs on your Roku and your Apple TV and all that. You just pick, you know, whatever device you have, or it's, it runs on your TV actually. And that's fine. My only fear is that I'll hit some kind of limit on streaming or something because my, if I run the TV all, all the time on the Apple TV, am I getting dinged on my, on my usage? Your internet? Yeah. Well, yeah, but you're, it, it's, it's your cable company that's providing you that. So, and I, I don't know how they delineate that. I don't know how they how they say what's okay, TV this traffic. Was, this was to your TV traffic, and this is your your internet traffic, 
and oh, it spiked, and why did it spike, okay. and you're going to get dinged. Right. So for the longest time, I had a... No, I don't think I did. Comcast had that 250 gig a month cap, and I thought, crap, there are months I go over that. But I didn't, I didn't have Comcast. I had Time Warner, and Time Warner flirted with caps, but they never really put one in place permanently. And I think they were looking at like 250 or 300 gig too. Well, now, I don't, I don't think... Does anyone have caps? I mean, I don't... I know... I think Spectrum does not have caps. And if they do, I think it's like a terabyte or something. It's just like... I can't remember if I don't have one or if it's so huge that... Like you'd have to do something crazy to yeah, reach it. Yeah, and also now with... You know, we had, M- we had MPEG-4, H264, or yeah, H264, which really uh, was a huge uh, efficiency improvement over, over MPEG-2. And now we're up to... Um, with H.265 and, and what's it, the H, HVEC or whatever, HVEC, mm-hmm. um, it's, it's like yet another step. It is so much more efficient. It takes about half the bandwidth, and it's really efficient, particularly in high resolution, so 4K. And so it, it's just, you, you could watch yourself to d- watch TV to death, and you wouldn't come close to hitting any cap. You'd have to, there's, you know, there's a good point being made on the, on the Slack channel, and that is that <laughs> a lot of us are in kind of the 1% category when it comes to bandwidth. There are a lot of rural places. Oh, trust places. me, I'm, I'm up there. Don't get me wrong. There are rural places yeah. that have crappy bandwidth, and there's also other countries that just don't have the bandwidth that, that a lot of us have. That's true. And I'm, I'm just talking from what I, what I can get. And, you know, I've got, I mean, I've got, I don't know, I feel like I'm in a pretty good place now because I've got one, what is it, one gig service uh, bandwidth-wise. Oh, wow. and, I, and I believe I don't have any cap whatsoever. I think I'm still, like, on the 250 and I, and I pay download. Like, and I pay, like, 79 a month. 250 download, I think, at, like, 30 up or something but like even, that. But even, but even, I had, you know, as recently as a couple of years ago, I had like 200 or 300 and I, 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 you never need, I mean, what you could, I could have 10. It's, it's not so much that TV I streams need it running. for my one yeah. machine. It's that I have multiple devices connecting. No, even with that, I mean, again, look at, especially with MPEG or, uh, yeah, H265. I mean, a, a pretty good stream. You're looking at, you know, three to five megabits per second. Yeah, I mean, it takes a lot. It can take a lot of people watching TV to even come close to saturating a, a 200 meg per second line. Yeah, and I, I, remember, I don't know a lot about this, so forgive me. But um, I have been hearing about the newest spec that's coming up for Wi-Fi that's supposed to change how packets are processed. Like for right now, I think that it's an entire the the your Wi-Fi can only talk to your machine one at a time. And it's basically switching between machines to send and receive messages. It does, yeah. But apparently the next spec is supposed to allow almost like a network where it's just going to broadcast a bunch of things. It's going to allot certain segments or ban- amounts of bandwidth within that, that uh, stream between the devices, that Airstream. Yeah. And it Airstream. should... I don't know what to call it. <laughs> I'm I'm trying to explain something that I just learned about. Yeah. So, but either way, it's supposed to be a little more efficient in how it processes and be able to communicate with multiple devices at the same time, just by broadcasting a message out, almost like you do with the internet. You broadcast a message out, and everyone picks out the stuff that's theirs with their name on it, kind of like that, but on Wi-Fi. Yeah, Wi-Fi has done some. I mean, a, a while back, I'm not sure which version of the spec implemented this, but that, you know, the frequency is constantly changing, which is why you can you can have someone on channel you know 7 or someone on channel 11 which are definitely overlapping frequencies mm-hmm. but they're they're constantly switching so they they rarely actually you know in, uh, intersect and cause a conflict well, even i mean think about ethernet i mean ethernet's still like the holy grail because you can get you can get gigabit 10, yeah. i think you can get like 10 gigabit ethernet now right oh, yeah. yeah and and ethernet still uses the what is it uh carrier sense multiple multiple access detection or whatever i mean it just it tries to send them 
you know, put a packet on the wire. And if someone else happens to put a packet on the wire at the same time, they both stop and wait a random amount of time and try again. Of course, it happens all within right. like nanoseconds or something. But but it's just it's kind of dumb, <clears throat> you know. It's still amazing that stuff happens that fast. <laughs> I know. It's like it's like the, the the specs didn't get better. The hardware got better and faster, so that the spec seems faster. You know. Yeah. And all they've kind of done is relax the limits, relax the governor limits, <laughs> as they improve the hardware. Here you go, John. That's yours. It's only a twelve ounce or so. About, yeah, I think that's series eight. I think someone at my house likes these hazy IPAs because I bought like. Oh, you're okay. Here, you can get it. Don't do it on the floor. Here, I get you. Don't. That's <laughs> a that's a title right there. Don't do it on the floor. <laughs> I want to clean my hands. Someone at my lot at my house besides me likes hazy beers because I bought like three six packs of I think all the all these Tups ones and I noticed when I went to the fridge this morning to bring some, uh, some beer that uh it's all yours. Oh yeah, I already have one. I had mine. That uh I a lot of them have disappeared. I'm I'm hoping it's my wife. If not, I've got to talk to my 9-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> That's not something to joke about, but it's funny. <laughs> Um, I have a question for you. I don't know. Should we, let's do some Salesforce stuff because people are going to be like, what the hell is this show? Oh, I probably have some new listeners too, because of, uh, my ascendant <clears throat> ascendancy to the, uh, to the elite ranks of the Salesforce world, John. Uh, yeah. So we'll, we'll talk about that later. That's the, we'll, we'll end the show with that. Okay. About that. All right. That's, that's what professionals do. They they leave the, the the thing everyone wants to hear about at the end. When there's, when, there's only, to, when there's only three people left listening, they force you to listen to all the stuff. I don't all know the crappy stuff in the beginning. I think you got to get the important stuff stuff out first, and obviously, obviously, that's the most important thing we have to talk about today. No. <laughs> all right. Um, I do have a, a Salesforce kind of related thing, which is, um, is the salary. The salary? No. Okay, I have that. Okay. Th- this is just this is not a news thing, but I've I've had this problem. And I know it's nothing new, and I'm hoping you know other people see this too, because I'm just wondering if there's a solution. But do you ever go to, um, let's say you're going to go to uh, Trailhead, that's a big one, or like the one of the Power of Us hubs or the Idea Exchange or whatever, and you got to log in, right? Like someone earlier this week in the, in our Slack, the Good Day Sir Slack, uh, which is an awesome community that you should join if you haven't. I have an issue already with uh, that. It's not going to work right now. It does work right now, but. Unfortunately, for some reason, our, our my my idol Dan Benjamin has reserved the community slug, so I can't do gooddayserpodcast.com forward slash community. That is super lame of him. I know I have a ticket in with them right now to try to figure that out. Anyway, <laughs> what, what, but it works right now because the domain is still pointed to our old site, and there's a whole no can of worms I won't get into. So right we're still going to talk about the inside baseball stuff later, right? Uh, All right. Post show. Oh, post, post show. show. Really? Are we that post live. I think it should be part of the show. Just, it's just okay. Okay, we'll talk about that later. Yeah. Um, what was I saying? <clears throat> oh, okay. So you've got all these different Salesforce things that that use your Salesforce login. So there's a bunch of SSO. You can tell because I mean, especially if you open up like uh, the network tab and and your inspector, Chrome inspector, mm-hmm. and you can see how it's just. I mean, it bounces you around. It's got to be a dozen things. You can just see the URL changing constantly. I'm like, wow, that's that's one hell of an SSO handshake there. <laughs> you know, it's like holy crap. Takes like there's so much so many re, so much redirecting. It takes like seven seconds. But okay, here's my problem. I'll go to uh, I'll click login. Like let's say I go to uh, this happened again. Okay, back to the, someone posted in the Slack the other. They're like, hey, uh, 
I've got this idea that I need people to you know, look at and vote if you, if you want to vote on it. I was like, oh, I'll go look at it and vote if I agree with it. And I, I go look at, the, look at the idea. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'll vote for that. And I, go, I click login. Okay. Okay. And it says, oh, is this you? I said, I'm already, I'm, you know, because I've, I've, of course, I'm a consultant. So, and I have, you know, different clients yep. since I'm, I got logged into many different, and I've got scratch doors and sandboxes and just all kinds of stuff. Sandboxes, any sandbox you log into, you have not a problem. But what happens, it says, are you, uh, you know, Jeremy at some random company? I'm like, nope, that's my login to my client. That's not me. So I'll click log out. But then it puts me in a login screen, but it's, it's not just the generic Salesforce login. It's, you know, my client abc.salesforce.com or whatever. And only my client's logins work on that. At that, you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. I've seen so I've, I clicked log out, but I'm still at my, my client's custom domain. Mm-hmm. And if you just change it to, like, if you're like, oh, I'll just change it to login.salesforce.com, you can log in that way. But then it's like lost the whole, like the whole, st- it doesn't know what to do with you after that. It just logs you in and you're not at the idea exchange anymore. You're somewhere else. Right. And so I know the solution is just go to everything you're logged into and log out of everything first. And, but the problem is I don't know what I'm all, I'm all logged into. Actually, no, the, the, the easy thing to do is open up a, an incognito browser. Now, the easiest thing to do is uh, f- go, drop down to your terminal and type rm-rf space slash <laughs> and then reinstall your operating system <laughs> and then you'll be able to log in just fine. Um, yeah, it, it, you're right. Incognito would probably be, and I think that's what I do sometimes. But but oft, actually, more often, I'm just like whatever I'm doing, I I get because I've got adult ADHD or whatever. At least I'm, I'm self diagnosed. But uh, I just I end up being like, what the hell was I even doing? I just I, I got I get it back to work. I'm just it's, this was this is already too difficult. I'm it's not that important. Yeah. I'm not going to post that message to the power of us. I'm not going to vote on that thing. I'm not going to I'm not going to try to get a trailhead in. I'm just I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm in a bad mood now, and I need a beer. <laughs> my my problem my problem right now with, with all these accounts is that I d- oh here's yeah it's j- someone I'm not, I don't want to out them I'll just say you know someone in the site just now said you know it stops me from using the success community it, it and, does I I don't know which account to use so I have a an account that I think I dedicated to Trailhead for some reason I have my my main developer account that I've had since I first started for the most part um, and then I have like a couple of other like POC app we don't talk about App Club accounts uh, <laughs> and i've just got all these accounts that i i don't know which one to use and and for like events like trailhead or like trailhead dx yeah i'm saying that right and like dreamforce i have event specific accounts because i don't want them tied to my other stuff i just i don't know why i do that but i do that and it's it's becoming a pain i need one login i need a one 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 <laughs> one login one login yeah but the fifth one being the one login and Salesforce, they, they do have that, don't they? I, I didn't, now that I think about it, I haven't seen it for a while, but it, if you, the things that you are still actively logged into, you can kind of choose them from the, the little, it's like a selection on the login screen. Yeah, which My I problem hate. is, see, I tell it on all, I also have to tell it, like, don't remember this login. Because I don't want to be on the phone, I don't want to be on, uh, on a Zoom with client A, and I got to log in and client B, see, or they see all these other client logins. I mean, yeah. it's not a big deal. I just, they shouldn't have to see that. Right. And, uh, you know, I don't know. Yeah, I don't like that either. I and we have some. Uh, so where I work, we have this thing called Environment Hub, which lets us kind of SSO into all these different orgs. Yes, and I think again, I, doesn't don't all orgs get Environment Hub now? I don't know. I think so. Maybe this is this is my first experience with using it, okay. which is it's kind of convenient in a way. If all I need to do is be in Salesforce, but I need my IDE to connect, and my IDEs don't have 
OAuth enablement. So I've got to have a username and password. So it makes it difficult on that point. But the other point is that it auto selects the remember me. And so when I try to log in, it brings up that thing. Which one do you want to sign into? And I'm like, crap, it's not the one I want. Yeah. I don't know. It's just, it's just weird how it glitches every so often, but it's, it's, it's kind of good and bad. And I, as much as I think that the custom domains are my domains, I don't know what they're called. I don't, is there a difference in those two things? In what? Custom domain and my domain. Are those the same thing? Mm, I think they're the same thing. Okay. Um, they, I mean, they, they really do have, there's a lot of benefits to that. Like so many benefits, really. really I mean, I, th- I think custom domain was a term we used for sites. Is that what it was? Yeah. Okay. But my domain is kind of what we're using for Salesforce. My domain. For the Salesforce, my domain. My code, my domain. <laughs> my code, my domain, my, tra- my trailhead. Oh, yeah. This my thing is about to get serious. <laughs> well, it's so serious that it's it's going to be meaningless because everything's going to be my right. It's going to be so serious. It's super so serial. Maybe maybe the way to think about this: if everything is yours, then nothing is yours, right? Just like oh. if every if everyone's special, then no one's special. Yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> Mind blown. <laughs> so yeah, that's just uh, I don't. Yeah. By the way, on that point, I know mm-hmm. the sound of one hand clapping. I can do it. Yeah. It's pretty good. I don't know. I don't know how that why that was ever a thing. Got, I can't do that with my little short, little stubby Jimmy Dean sausage fingers. I'm short. You, yeah, you did. You have short fingers too. Yeah, but you just you got a good got a good clapper there, John. It's because the clap isn't the hand slapping; it's the pocket you create with your hands. Just like this, yeah, yeah. when you snap your fingers, it's not the action of your fingers rubbing against each other; it's the the point of impact against your palm yeah. in that pocket, that air pocket. It's got really nerdy, really fast. Uh, my my kids would like this. They're obsessed with snapping. <clears throat> anyway, it's science. Yeah, it'd be. It's the whole like again back to the thing when you click log out. I wished it took you to login.salesforce.com because then I could just enter my credentials I need for my again my kind of my original developer account, which is what my trailhead is under, and like I guess success community or whatever. It's all under yeah that original. I think original one of the original like dev logins I had. Um, but I can't, I can't get to it because it's, you know, it's taken me to a custom domain or my domain and I can't log in with my dev account with that. I mean, I usually, I will log out of everything. I'll log into the org that I need it to be in, whatever that ends up being, which is usually my developer account. And then I'll go back to the link, click on it and that yeah. I get there. But yeah, it's a bit of a pain. I agree. Yeah. I mean, again, like, you know, there's a lot of benefits to all these, my domains, but Man, the the SSO hell you get caught in sometimes bouncing, trying to get logged into one of Salesforce's services can be yeah, quite a pain. <clears throat> it would be nice if we had, so I think NetSuite has this, where you can have multiple accounts and you can have multiple roles and multiple profiles. And all you do is you, you're in the app, but then you can, over by your name, you can choose a dropdown and you can select which kind of mode or whatever, for lack of a better word, mode that you want to be in. So you can have like a, I'm a service representative profile, or you can have like an, I'm an admin profile and you can select those and then your UI is tailored to that. So it's not like this all or all or nothing thing, Yeah. which I really liked about NetSuite. It could get really complicated though, but I liked that. It's funny because I remember the one thing that I think you and I both didn't like about NetSuite. It seemed like every different module kind of looked like it was designed by a different team or whatever. Oh, yeah. And that's kind of what Salesforce looks like now. <laughs> but it had some good things, like the way you could like include fields from other objects, and it wasn't like a formula type thing. You could just do it, and you could even modify it. It just knew how to take that information and put it where it needed to be. You know, it's like huh. it had both models on the, in yeah. memory, and you could manipulate them, you know, equally. 
of course, Salesforce is, I mean, their, their main thing is because the main reason is because just the lightning transition. So a lot of stuff is still classic. And then you have a lot of, some of these really infrequently used things, something popped up the other day we were laughing about, have got that, it was like pre-Aloha. Like, you know, the, you know, they had the little motif or whatever it was where like every, like bulleted items would have like the four little squares, the, the square oh, yeah. of four little red yeah. dots, the four squares. Yeah. yeah. You'll still see those sometimes. I'm like, man, that's like 15 years old. Like since that, <laughs> they retired that and it's still on some screens. It's kind of, it's kind of cute when I see that. Well, <laughs> must uh, be the good old days. Speaking John. of sites, whenever you get an error on sites, you get that really old force.com error screen. That's, yeah. that, that, that's some nostalgia. I mean, I, to, I think I was in my twenties when they had that. <laughs> Oh, man. All right. Uh, let's see what else I have. Did you see the thing about, you, you still use Evernote? No. No? I, I, I saw it mentioned. So somebody wrote up this, I don't even know who this guy was, but this really long, like it was like a 15-minute read type of thing. Um, just a description of like. Is it like about the disappointment of Evernote because they had so much potential? Yeah. And they just, they, they raised so much money. I mean, was it 200, 300 million or something like that? Jeez. And just squandered so much of it. And just all their, all the other ideas and services and, and add-on products and things they tried now just they almost all failed um and just how the they had an interesting story with their product because they 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 tried to do like the multi-tenant application thing and they had like this one ui and then they ended up creating versions for each different os which i don't know if that was a good thing or not i liked it because they could get really specific and efficient with everything but then it meant they had two different teams a mac team and a a windows team yeah Uh, and then it also meant that i don't think features could come as fast as they need it to be. I mean, that's always going to be harder, right? Because I remember communicating back and forth because I want, I used Evernote a lot. And I remember telling them, like, I want Markdown support. I want this. Kind they of still support. don't do that. Yeah. And they're just, just like, no, I don't know how to do that. And then I found something that does do that. And I'm yeah, not happy. It's, I found a couple of things that do it. And yeah. I'm happy. That's good. That's good. Um, it's, that's just not their market. That's not their target market. People, you know, there's, there are several nerdy note things that let you do Markdown and whatever. And they're just, it wasn't just thing. that. It was just, you know, the, the tooling in general. Like, I wanted Markdown support because I didn't like – it wasn't efficient enough for me to write my notes. It's just there was a lot of point-and-clicky type there's situations. A, it's and, the, like, and the formatting gets confused, I too, mean, sometimes. even if they come up with their own scripting language, that like, this is how you kind of gain efficiency, your own hotkey system. Not in hotkey. Obviously, you could hotkey. But, you know, just your own kind of scripting language, you know, something to help efficiency. Yeah. So, so my problem is if – it's not necessarily a problem. I mean, the question – and this guy – the kind of the, the drama thing that he left us with was that, you know, where are they going now? Are they even going to last? Because I think that, I don't remember the details. I wish I had taken more notes, but it's like, kind of like they're in trouble and they're going to be around. And that's a huge problem for me because I've lived in Evernote for ten, about 10 years now. I'm guessing, I'm just guessing, mm. 10 years. <clears throat> and I mean, everything I do, like all my taxes, all my business stuff, all my personal stuff, um, every time I, I use, one of the features I use is like, you can just set a document on a, on a table and snap it. And it does a really good job of it. It crops it just to the document and it, and it does this contrast stuff to make it look like a really good copy. Mm. And then I tag it. So like, you know, when I go to do my taxes, I'll just click on the 2018 taxes tag. And like, there's all my stuff. And I just send that to my CPA. And I'm like, what? Do, I mean, just Don't everything's out loud. My wife will be really mad at me. <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't listen. She wants me to do that. She doesn't that. listen. No, she does. <laughs> she wants me to do that. And I, I'm like, at the end of the year, I'm scrambling because <laughs> she needs all my I'm not, I just, I, I kind of live and die by Evernote. I'm just, and if I, so if it went away or if I had, if I wanted to switch, I mean, I'd have to 
you know, you can, that you know, I, I guess every note is like an XML file and, and even the attachments, I guess, are embedded kind of, kind of binary thing. But, you mm-hmm. know, you'd have to, someone would have to either create a service that migrates you from Evernote to their thing, right? Which be, I don't even know of one. I've never even heard of one, but maybe there is. I think, or I'd I think have to, some of my apps do that already. Or I'd have to do that myself. I think that's know? what I did. Probably write a little, I could write a note app, John. We could, yeah. we could, could that be part of the club I can't mention? No, you can be part of the app club. <laughs> okay, you said it. Yeah. First rule of app club, John. No, you can be part of it. You can join it. <laughs> um, but yeah, just, have, just remember, I'd... our our <laughs> motto is 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 never ship. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Instead of always be shipping, never in in BS. Yeah. Never be shipping. Never be shipping. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's see, John. What else? What do you want to? You got any? Uh, yeah, I had, I had a question week. that I want to ask you about Agile that I'm hoping you can Agile. answer. Agile. Agile. Is it Agile or Agile? It's safe to be specific. Is it mobile or mobile? Safe. I don't know what safe is. No. Okay. Safe is a, is a form of Agile that's meant to be scalable for the enterprise. But uh, Access- Is it scalable, accessible, fun, and entertaining? Probably. I'm just I'm <laughs> wondering what safe could stand for. <laughs> I think it's scalable, Agile framework. Uh, for, uh, for enterprises. I think so. <laughs> something like that. I think the E is like lowercase and everything else is uppercase or something oh, like that's, that. Oh, that makes it really cool. Yeah, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, I do have another topic too, though, but I guess we'll get into the Agile thing. Um, so I think I think I have a challenge with a, with, a, with a dilemma of how... So we have. I'm working with a client who does Agile, but they do Agile... Oh, everyone does Agile nowadays, John. I'm, I'm right? saying. Everyone claims to do Agile. Right. Well, let's 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 pretend that Agile's been done properly. Let's let's not let's not talk about the different versions and bastardizations of it. But I, I think I realized something today, and I want to know if this is a normal thing or or what. But so the 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 main team that has been doing Agile, I think, is an internal IT department, and so most of their experience around Agile and, and user stories and everything has been around building, actually building stuff. I don't know that the business is in that line. Yeah. And I think where we have some disparity is that when IT wants to do Agile, they want to know system capabilities so they can plan it all out and put those into sprints. But we're trying to get them to do it from a business perspective where we're saying we need user stories and features and all those kind of things and build that out. And I think we're having this this little clash here. Okay. And I'm not sure how to resolve it. I don't know if you have a idea or if that's a normal common thing that there's, there's a resolution for or what. Yeah, I think... And- you know, you, you hear like one of the common reasons that agile projects or initiatives fails because they aren't top down. I mean, they don't, and that I don't mean top down in, in terms of like command and control, like mm-hmm. you will do this edicts. I'm talking about um, that the top, you know, the top executives buy into it. They buy into it. They go get trained on it. Like they, they agree and, and are supporting or like, you know, they're, they're sponsoring and they're, they're in with it, you know, and they're, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like they actually, they actually get it and get trained on it, and and they want, you know, they're supportive of that for the for all the projects in the company. If you don't have that, then supposedly that's. And I'm not one. I'm not a uh, professional agile coach. I have friends who are, um, who deal with this kind of crap. But supposedly that's what they say. That reason a lot of these initiatives just long term kind of sputter out is because. There's just, it's just too hard. At some point you, you could, you hit the business, you can conflict with the business mm-hmm. because they 
don't get it, don't want to work that way. You know, a lot of times the product, I see the, the like the product owner type role, they're just, they're like doing it wrong. They're um, getting to, the one of the common things is they, they actually, they're, they're getting involved. Like product owners shouldn't be on um, like daily standups or anything like that. And the, you'll see product owners that just get to, they don't let people do their work. It's like product owner, we need you to, we need you to groom the backlog, and we want you to look at the demo. That's another thing we're having trouble and that, and that's, with is the backlog. Yep. Just getting getting to the point where we have a backlog. Yeah, because the client really wants to move forward. The backlog, and move the, so the backlog is your the backlog is your lifeline. Yeah, like they want to plan out for weeks, but I'm like, there's no backlog to pull from. What are we gonna do? So we try, we're trying to fast track that, but it's still at the same time as we're fast tracking it, we're trying to take these requirements. It almost seems like they want us to skip feature stories and go straight into technology stories. I'm not sure if that's the right terminology, but that's that's the terms I'm using. So that they have something to assign out and start building and start planning out sprints. Yeah, and and I think too, I think the again the experts or you know the things I read, they, they tried you know they want you to limit the what you were calling technology. What's, what's the word for those? Um, what you get? It's this chip. It let the thing spill over. Oh. No, I smell like beer. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, you can, and in fact, someone just said, you know, Sprint, you know, Sprint Zero used for like technology stuff, setting up databases or, or whatever. Yeah, I mean, like what, enablement sprints or something like that? Or but you, you like really want to try, you, well, you want to try to take those, each sprint's kind of like a vertical slice through the application. It, you know, just to build just enough of the database out, just enough of the, the middleware, just enough of the UI to accomplish like these couple of use cases that you're trying to build out for a sprint. <clears throat> and that can be hard. I mean, it's it's because for a lot of people, it's a completely different way of working. They're used to getting like a full spec and building the entire database out, right? And yeah. then when that's done, they'll give it to the people who are writing the data layer. Right. And then the, the guys, you know, and I say guys, you know, guys, gals, whatever, generic, they build out the data layer. And then once that's done, you can give it to the UI folks. You know, and they can, whatever. Well, the Salesforce world, you're kind of doing all three of those at the same time. Well, you should, you should, that's good. That's a good thing. I mean, you create a field, and you're—I mean—you're creating a database field. You're creating a, a well, an entry, yeah, an entry, and then you're also modifying the UI. I mean, for one thing, you're you're validating all, that all these different layers of the of the application are actually going to work together. Because uh, you remember in the in the old days, right? Mm -hmm. When when you had your BRDs and your your um, uh, old world, yeah, yeah, still or, or what do they call it? Yeah, F, FRS and all these. <laughs> do you remember all of them? Let's see. The SSD, so the solution design document. Uh, the yeah, the, the, TD, the technical design, so the TDD. There is the no, BRD. Uh, no, you're talking about things that, uh, unfortunately, we still way too often see. Those I'm still saying. I'm talking yeah. about even before that when you had the functional requirement specification, yes. you had the business requirements, something or another, yes. BRS or BRDs. whatever. There's, and there's, you know, you see BRDs. Yeah, vi the vision documents are and all this crap. Yeah, and charter documents and <laughs> yeah. uh, talk about a charter. Everyone, we all have to sign as founding team members of the charter. <laughs> spent hours kind of come up with a fun name for the project. Yeah, <laughs> but um, you know, and what what so what happened is the you know. Database people would go out and they'd be building all this database stuff, all the different tables and indexes and, and sequences and store procedures. Meanwhile, you know, UI people are templating things and building out UIs. And 
And then towards the end of the project, everyone goes to like, okay, cool. Let's now let's hook all this stuff up. We're all done. And the shit doesn't hook up. It never does. The Fitbit doesn't hook up. Even if you, even if you, because a lot of these teams would document in detail, like the interfaces between these two layers, which you almost had to, if you had, if you wanted any chance of success, you had to doc, you had to, you know, uh, publish a specification of how you connect to my interface, how my layer interfaces with your layer, how these things seem together. But that shouldn't that shouldn't have waited that's until still, the that's end of the still, project. Though. No, no, it didn't. I mean, one sprint but it was still been, it was still too theoretical. The next sprint should have been connect to that interface. It was right? still too theoretical because even though you might have had amazing looking documents that detailed in that specified in detail how these things are connect, connect connect together, it was it was validating none of the assumptions. It was not flushing out or flushing out in this case. Flushing out would be correct. Flushing out any of the inaccuracies or inconsistencies in these documents because. The only, really, the only way to do that is to actually co- connect these things together. That's when you find out what was right, what was wrong. And sometimes it's too late, and it's too difficult. And it's, it requires such, such substantial changes to each of these layers that you know, that's where these projects would fail. Mm-hmm. So the idea we, nowadays... We talked a lot about how, yeah. how, things are, how and why things are failed, but I mean, how do we, how do we not fail? Well, that's a good question. Um, there's now this is it's very scrum specific as evidenced by the title, but I do really like this book called um, is it by Eric Evans? No, it's by Mike Cohn, I believe, called Succeeding with Agile. And I was wrong; it does not say Scrum in the book, but it is Scrum heavy. So he's a Scrum he's a Scrum guy, but um, and there's some Scrums, you know, it's Scrum oriented, but there's so much stuff. It's like okay, you've this is a book for okay, you've. You get the kind of the high level concepts. You know what stand ups are. You know what sprints are. You know what, you know the basic framework of these of these Scrum or this, these similar things. Now in practice, where do these things go wrong? You know what is a product? You know how does what are all the different ways a product manager can just destroy your project? Right. And how do you fix that? How do you prevent that? All those types of things. I highly recommend that book. And honestly, anything by Mike Cohn. Uh, and again. You know, disclaimer: he he is on the Scrum side of things, but a lot of his stuff is easily adaptable to any any modern process. I think. Not that Scrum is a modern process at this point. No, oh, there's no audio. I'm just I'm not a huge fan of Scrum. How am I supposed to take a walk and listen when there's no audio book? There's probably too many diagrams and stuff. I don't, I don't know if it would make an audio. No, no, I've, I've I've seen some books that have made an effort of it, and it's really it's difficult. Yeah, it's not fun. Project Starter is still recommended by Salesforce in the consultant exam. Interesting. Starter. What I say? Starter. Wow, really? Wow. <laughs> Same difference, right? <laughs> yeah. Thinking about making beer, I guess. Gonna make a, a yeast. I mean, there's starter. nothing wrong with a charter. There's nothing wrong with with defining the direction and defining stakeholders and all those kind of things, right? I mean, it's. I mean, there's and there's nothing wrong with creating a backlog, which tends to kind of look like waterfall. No, no, no! It doesn't look like waterfall. Well, kind of, because you kind of have to build up the backlog, and 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 depending on how much backlog you have, it times starts to looking like waterfall. Well, waterfall is more how you build it. I mean, a, a backlog should be pretty much all epics, except for the stuff that's at the top. So, you, I mean, the way I always try to explain to product owners, especially if they've never been to any kind of training or whatever, is like first thing we need is just the, the list of epics, like mm-hmm. at a high level. What are the what are all the features that a user needs to be able to get done in this application? Sure. List them all out. Put them in order. What's the most important? And then now we have a sorted list. And the ones that 
the top are the ones the team's going to start on. So take that top one and now break that down into actual, you know, compo- like consumable user stories. So that every time someone goes to pull something from the top of the backlog, they've got a story that's ready to go. Mm. Of course, then you get into what's ready. What does it mean to be ready? See, that's that, a whole other thing. That's but. where I think this is going wrong because the backlog is becoming this. Well, we need to know. We want to plan out the next 10 sprints, so to speak. And that's very anti agile to even say that. I know, but that's yeah. what's happening. Now you plan and out, so, you so plan it sounds out like, the next sprint. That's the only sprint you plan out is the next sprint. No, there's, there's this ceremony around safe where you have these like 10, every 10 weeks, you do this like ceremony of planning. And you plan, and then you plan the next 10 weeks, and then you do another just, 10 weeks. The, this is my first experience with safe. Yeah. And so this is just what I'm learning as I go. That's not safe. It's, it's the appearance. It's the illusion of safe. The ceremony is, is what's killing me. It's a lie. Me. It's a lie is what it is. I mean, why would Agile have this ceremony? Well, I guess everything's a ceremony with Agile. Well, you that's stand-ups. Oh, well, that's true. Although, but it's supposed to be low ceremony, at least in terms of, like, the amount of documentation. Like and cult. <laughs> uh, that's why I mean I, for, for me that's why I say I don't like Scrum that much to, actually Scrum's got too much ceremony for me especially nowadays Scrum was invented at a time where it was before cloud computing it was before Docker lightweight containers it was before all this stuff when it was still a, a kind of a big deal and it took a lot of effort and planning to deploy the new version of your application somewhere well nowadays people are doing continuous deployment where? <laughs> like all over the place John Welcome to modern software. I'm, I'm a Salesforce developer. I know it's hard. It's hard in Salesforce, <laughs> and you can't do it. You're never going to be like you know. Where's my you can't Etsy do or, Salesforce? You're never going to be Etsy or Netflix or any of these things on with Let's Salesforce. Go on but board, huh? They're going to take away your MVP for not being on the soundboard. <laughs> I know. Well, what do you want to hear, John? What would you like can't to hear? Do this with Salesforce. Okay. I can I can handle that. You can't do this with Salesforce. Where did where you know what let's, we're gonna do? You know, let's, we're gonna, like, we're gonna I, I missed this one earlier. We got sticking sticking with Docker Larry. lightweight containers. Yeah. <laughs> we're gonna have to start using the uh, the good day sir soundboard because you need I know. something. Well, I either need to Farago either needs to implement their search feature or I just need to pair I need to pair it down to an essential board. Yeah. Because the problem is I have, you know, like four hundred sound uh, four hundred drops on my soundboard here. Like you can't find anything. I have two boards of just Benioff. I can't wait to, to meet. Do I get to meet him? I got so many questions for you, John. Now that I'm a, uh, I'm a, <laughs> I'm, I've been selected as a, a candidate MVP, I guess. I don't think I'm, I don't. You're a prospect MVP. Yeah, I guess so. Because I still You've have been to. Qualified. <laughs> <laughs> You've been qualified. You've been converted to an account. <laughs> I've been converted. Your opportunity has been created. And now they just got to win it's the deal. Definitely not closed one yet, though. Yeah, it's not closed one. Yeah. <laughs> Man, I and I know they don't listen, so I can say this, but I have a client that's. I always liked looking at people's stage names for things uh-huh. because some people Be really careful go, with that. By the way, I I thought that too. And the clients like, don't listen. Like I heard, like the client was. This listening, is fine. And I'm like, this is oh, this is not this is not that bad. But anyway, their their stage name for a closed one is commercialization. Ugh. I'm like, why don't you just call it We Won? I love We Won or One or I've even I've even had um, clients where we like I've convinced them to call it like uh, all kinds of just funny stuff like dollar bills or like <laughs> or we killed it or something. You know, like why not? Come on, why not have a sense of whimsy? Exactly. That's why. That's why. You know, my first touch of whimsy was way back uh, when I went to Arizona, and there's a company, a white box PC manufacturing company. 
And they had to buy all these servers for, uh, I think they were AS400s or 600s or something like that. They had to buy all these servers for, who was One World? Uh, American Airlines? No, not not American Airlines. Uh, no, there was, an, there was a software application that was like One World. Oh, that was... Um, it wasn't People's... It was SAP, wasn't it? Was it People's... Yeah, software? it was SAP. Is it? Yeah, okay. Yeah, so it was that. And so SAP. They, SAP. <laughs> um, it's all Oracle stuff, but... So the, the 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 names of the systems were Bugs Bunny and Daffy Duck and all that. That was like my first touch of IT whimsy, and I was like, I love this. Mm. And so I started instead of being called like FRS dash TX dash zero one, right, or whatever for you. <laughs> yeah. So from then on, all my all these all fossil, my fossil Creek projects, servers were these boring names. Yeah. So I would from then on, I always codename my my development projects after comic book characters, and so that was like my thing. That's my thing. I can't tell if you're a nerd or if you're a wannabe nerd, John. No, I'm definitely. I, I feel like you're kind of trying too hard sometimes. I, it's just, I, <laughs> I liked the idea and I did it. I liked it. Uh, I was like, well, what am I interested in? So I picked. No, you are legitimately into comic books. There's no doubt about that. What were we talking about? That was kind of an, oh, your agile stuff. Yeah. Yeah. What is what does the community think of that? We got anything going on here? Oh, we have, oh. We have something from the community. Atlassian just bought into Safe. That's interesting. I, and I was going to mention when we were talking about uh, NetSuite and their whatever. Atlassian's got some like Jira. Have you ever worked with Jira? I've worked with it. Yeah, a long time ago though. I don't know if the API has gotten better, but that API sucked. So I, <laughs> I still can't figure out. I still don't understand Jira. Th- their concepts around like their okay, their equivalence of like custom fields and page layouts. Is so much more complex. Yeah. Now I get the feeling that it's also more, it's more custom, it's more customizable. Like you can you can do a lot more with what does Salesforce call it? Um, declarative development or whatever. Point and click, right? Yeah. You can do you can really accomplish way more kind of complex functionality in Jira with just point and click than you can in Salesforce. But the flip side of it, the trade off you pay is that. Like no one freaking understands how to admin Jira correctly. Every every time I see it, it's like it's garbage. You can tell someone tried, and you go look at the history of like all the different schemas and all these things they went through, and it's just a it's a graveyard of failures. And no one really understands what's going on, and no one can fix really the problem. It's like, why is it when I get to the screen, it makes me enter a resolution? It's not closed. I don't want to enter a resolution. You know, it's like no one knows why. Just like no one can figure it out. So that's the downside: is that like it's complex. Yeah, and like these, these the conceptually, it's way more complex than Salesforce is. Oh, what's the saying? With great power comes great responsibility. I guess responsibility. So. Yeah, I mean Jira, I, and I, I gotta defend them a little bit because they, they, they do get so much shit, and and sometimes deservedly so. But it's almost at, just with Salesforce. You know, you see really bad Salesforce implementations. Does that mean that Salesforce sucks? No. I mean, I mean that's fair to say. I mean, if if you had someone self implement Salesforce, you can go in and go, oh crap, what I've, are you doing here? I've I've seen it's not common. It's it's definitely the minority, but I've seen some pretty pretty rocking Jira things that are that are easy to use, and they and it's not only did they design and implement it well, but the way the culturally the way people use Jira is just nice, and it just works. And they also have their new they call it, I think next gen next gen projects. And you know they bought it, they bought um, Trello a while back, and it's definitely inspired by Trello. It is it is. And I cannot put my finger on what I like so much more about it. And it doesn't have all the features of, of Atlassian's existing like um, Agile and Scrum Jira boards and all that stuff. It does not have as many fi- features. But just like Trello, Trello had like no, almost no features. It's just like, hey, here's lists and cards. Go have fun. 
Um, I love those boards, by the way. It's it's nice to just kind of drag and drop, especially if you have the right categories, the right columns, and if you're if you've trained people correctly. Yeah, because it's less than cards, and you can do any almost anything. And I know there's, I think there's, it's getting I, more complicated I think now. The one but. problem I have is is right up to the point where we deploy. It's because there's this kind of, it's ready to go. It's in QA, and then we have this deployment, but then we have this post. Uh, production validation, but if it fails post-production validation, where does it go? Yeah, yeah. That's a bit yep. of a challenge, yep. but other than that, I love it. But the, but the nice thing about, so that the problem in you know, Jira is good for all kinds of stuff. I mean, I use it for personal stuff and business stuff, but it it always seems a little bit lacking for me for software projects, and which is weird because I always want to, like, if I have my choice, I'm just like, let's just use Trello. Right. But it always kind of lacks. And one thing that, one thing that like, for example, like, the uh, sauna. Saying that, just, and I, I, everything, added the everything, okay, everything I've seen with Asana, it's been now it's done well. It's nice UI, coded well, smooth. I'll give them all that, but it's been still traditional project management, which I don't like. No, they they have they have Kanban, and everything yeah, now. and I haven't seen that. And so. on top of it, I can have one login and access to all, all different, ele- and that's what Trello is too, right? Trello does like Trello that. do yep. that? Mm-hmm. Okay, yep. So I have one Trello login. It's you know, I've got, I can get to my... I mean, I have other accounts, but it just makes it seamless. I pick whichever account I want to use, and it's done. So in Trello, in. just like with GitHub, like you have your GitHub login, your Trello login, and you go work for a new company, they just, they add your existing account to their yeah. organization. Yeah. That's pretty awesome. I mean, so your identity as a human being, actually, right. stays with you. What, I, imagine, that, I imagine that concept, you know? Salesforce should do that, big time. <sighs> yeah. That, One login, come on. That's one, 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 you, one, one, do you know, five ones that that would be harder than that would be 10 times harder than 100 times harder than them adding namespaces to Apex. <laughs> I think they could do that easier than adding namespaces. To three. <laughs> They're getting there, though, with with the trailhead. Right. I want to I want to get this thought. Yeah, out. I know the beers, the beer is talking loudly um, with uh, with the no with both of us. Okay. With, <laughs> I'm starting to get yak tongue over here <laughs> uh, with with. G- <laughs> <laughs> oh, this this is a great first episode after my uh, selection as MVP, John. Yeah, we'll get to that. Um, okay, so the cool thing with Jira Next Gen is that it's again it leaves a lot of features behind. So if you're just dead set on all these complex features of Jira Scrum stuff, just stay with that. You're not going to be happy with this, but because with Next Gen, it's like. It's really simple. You have, just like with Trail, you have lists and you have cards, but it, it is for software development. And so, like, one thing that happens, like, after you drag a card to the, and it's for, what other, what other thing that's great about it, 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 it can do both models, both the sprint model, where you, like, you release a sprint, mm-hmm. and then when you release the sprint, release the sprint, everything clears off the board, and you have a fresh board, except for your backlog. Right. Um, or it has also, like, a continuous model, which, which is, I'm all about, like, nowadays, like, I don't want sprints, I don't want iterations, for most things, okay, I, I like the continuous model, the the con, the true Kanban. There are no sprints in Kanban. No, there's no iterations in Kanban. It's a continuous flow. There's no boundaries. That's what, that's or, what I like about or, it. I, I know. I, if I get a blocking issue on one thing, I'm gonna get this idea I, out. I I just move my next thing over, and I start working on that one. That's in progress now. Well, you also need to have limits on how many can be in a you know. I, in a, in a I usually have an on hold bucket, and so I'll move it back into the on hold bucket. Yeah. That's cool. As long as on hold like turns red, it should turn red or something, you know, just because it's you know should. It, that, that's that's for the game to worry you, about. And you know, this, care about because is, you you I know you know what the original Kanban was all about, because you lived in that world just like yeah. I did. I, I built the Kanban, Kanban was literally a board. Yeah, 
<laughs> or it could actually be literally like it could it could actually take the form of things you're actually building. Like it'd be like bins of parts or that, so, or bins of I'm, bins yeah. of product. That's what I thought. You were and about. as soon as and as soon as the downstream step takes one of your bins of product, that's your key to pull from upstream what you needed from yeah. them to build your next thing, right? And so it's again it's it's the pull it's a what do you call it? pull the pull model. Yeah. It's all demand based. Yeah. Customer orders something and it ripples up through the whole system. I know. Product product owner drops a, th- a new story and it ripples up through the system. And it, this is I try to, I, and I'm not I'm I'm not a good trainer, so I don't. This is why I fail at this, but I do try to train people on this this concept of pull. <clears throat> it's funny how you know our background in our worlds of manufacturing and inventory and all, systems and all that kind of stuff. That how much that's come forward into other industries. Well, if you want to know, like the, it, the okay, concept the, of Kaizen and Six yep, Sigma and yep. all that kind of stuff, those were all lean manufacturing those were all things and now like we have lean yep. software development so i think it's still one of the best books but i just happened to see it the other day the original one and this was this was like in 2001 or something like that but the the pop and dicks do you know them no um it's a well this cute kind of old married couple i don't know if that's rude <laughs> to say but they're software experts and they've been kind of speakers authors for 20, 30 years, but they wrote the original um, Lean Software Development. And it's still mm. an amazing book, and everyone should have to read that. Wait, let's add that to the list. I don't know if it's not already on there. It needs to be on there. <laughs> on the book list? Yeah. I need to add it to show notes. And anything, anything by those, those two uh, jolly what are they folks. Called? The Pop, Pop and Dicks. I, I don't know how to spell that. <laughs> well, <laughs> let's see. We'll just look for Mary P O P P. I N. <laughs> yeah, let's see. First, okay. Uh, okay, I obviously spelled it very wrong. That's fine. I'll I'll, I'll get it after the show. Pop and Dyke, maybe. Yeah, P O P P E N D I E C K. I was way off. <laughs> I was way off. Anyway, sorry. Yeah, sorry. Dead air. Can't have that. All right. So, but the cool thing about with with the again back to the next gen Jira next gen projects is if you're in the continuous model, after you you got to listen to me because yeah, I need you, I want you to understand this, John. When you drag the this is I'm trying to do this for you, so you see this when you drag the thing to the last column, like the mm. the, the released or done or whatever you call it, right. doesn't matter what you call it. It's like the last column. By default, it's, it's stay, it'll stay in that column. And of course, the problem this is my problem with. Uh, Trello, well, that column just gets, yeah, so long. With Jira Next Gen, if you're in their Kanban model, after two weeks of being in that column, they just disappear. Oh, that's scary. It's not scary because the bottom of the list is this little link that said "Looking for older things." Click this. <laughs> but that's what you want. You want them just to fall off. I mean, you want like yeah. recent stuff to show up there so you can just see progress. But I mean, once it's a couple weeks in the past, you've moved on. I mean, like you don't need to see that anymore. Yeah, I, I get it's that. Perfect. Because I have had situations like, the, like I've that. I've never seen it, another system do that. That's new to me. That, that's that's why I had the on hold bucket because there things were sitting in my un, in progress, and the in progress was getting really long. And I would I would prioritize so like the top down would be my priority in the bucket. And so I would after after something sitting there, I'd have to call the PM and say, okay, um, are we doing something with this? Because it's sitting here and it's been two weeks and. I'm getting tired of looking at it. What's that? Oh, that's dark. That's dark. I'm wearing my good clothes, man. Why are you trying to give me dark beer? I'm going to spill it. This is, um, again, here. <laughs> back from Jer- Jeremy's old beer, beer cellar. 
This is um, from Clown Shoes. Which are they? Where are they? Ipswich? I can't remember. It's a clown's question. Uh, that's another opportunity for a guys? soundboard. And you don't have it queued up. No, I don't. Um, Clifton Park, New York. But this is Pecan Pie Porter. Oh. It was probably five years old. You know I hate pecans, right? Well, spears for you then. I don't really hate pecans. I just grew to hate them because I used to have to shell them and I wasn't good at it. So I left shells in it and those were bitter. <clears throat> but I do like I do like uh, I don't, cooking, smoking with pecan wood. Pecan is good smoke wood. It is good. Yeah, yeah, it's awesome. I usually do apple wood, but John, where found... else do you get Salesforce tips, um, food tips, food tips, beer tips, barbecue tips, br- beer brewing tips? Nowhere. Agile software tips. Nowhere. Tips on your functional requirement specification and your business requirements document. Where else are you going to get this eclectic combination of value? I mean, this is... <laughs> yeah, nowhere but the Good Day Sir podcast. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> uh, John, I know we have... Do we get controversial? Oh. Oh, let's get controversial. Well, so we're, we're over an hour in. That's okay. We got to... We got to... Okay. We got to we gotta stretch because uh, Jody, our friend Jody, is... Uh, on a call right now, she wants us to wait for her. So. Okay, we need to just vamp, vamp for Jody. <laughs> uh, no, I do have a controversial topic, um, and we have a community topic, and uh, then we can get into the main topic. <laughs> okay. Uh, which which was your choice, community or controversial? Let's uh, let's do controversial. All right, it's not that controversial, or is it? I don't know. I'm getting asthma. I don't, know I, I, I don't even know what the topics are, so I, I genuinely don't know. I got to find it because I forgot about it. Where's my episodes? Oh, here it is. Oh, so this is about the equal pay. Okay. I, I, this was a new, new article about Salesforce's equal pay, and there's apparently some new laws, and I think California is one of the ones that had to follow this new law, and that is that during interview questions, they're not allowed to ask you your pay history. Yeah, that's not new. That's old news, but I do like that law. How is it not? Well, okay. It's new news to me because I hadn't heard about this. And well, I've heard about the law restricting that, but Salesforce is also doing that. But they have a new question that they ask. What? Okay. And that is, what would you expect to make? Okay. And I was just about to say that. So I, you know, as you know, and by the way, everyone listening, I'm hiring. I'm hiring <laughs> Salesforce consultants and admins and developers and what about technical architects? Technical architects, probably. What about senior, senior technical architects? You sound you sound too expensive for me, but I'll <laughs> I'll talk to anyone. No, but you know, I, I I I hate the salary history thing. What's your what? I, I don't. I never ask someone how much money they're making because I really. I don't know. <clears throat> I mean, I. I want people to make what they're what they're worth, and I know that even sounds a little dehumanizing. So I kind of don't like the way that sounds, but I want them to get what they're worth, like what they have, what they have earned. I want them to make that. You know what I mean? Like, I, meaning, I, no, I don't want them to like get stuck in a rut because maybe they were underpaid at a previous job or whatever. You know, I really want people to I want people to be happy that yeah. work for me, and if they're being underpaid, they're gonna they're eventually gonna find out, and they're not gonna be happy. You know. So I never ask people, what are you making now? Or what's your salary history? But I do ask them, like, at some point I'll ask. Um, and your actually, salary requirements. Usually, actually, here's, what it, here's how it usually happens. And I'm not an expert at this. I don't. But, but what I'll do is I'll usually give someone an offer. Mm-hmm. And then is, that some, a, some, is that on a paper napkin and you slide across the table? <laughs> no, but if I ever got to do that in person, I would. I, I'm, I mean, I'm always interviewing just over Zoom. It's just, I don't know. I don't get to meet people in person for whatever reason. 
But sometimes, you know, if they're like, oh, that's a, oh, oh yeah, great. That's great. Or if they're just like, yeah, you know, and sometimes it's like, it's, it's not just money. It's something else or whatever. Like, so I'll, I'll have to ask, I'll be like, well, what is it? You know, like, how's the money? I'm like, what do you, like, what do you, and then sometimes I'll say, well, it was, um, it's not quite as much money as I wanted or whatever. And then what, so what do you say then? So I'm, I, I was just say, well, I mean, like, what do you need to make? Let's just cut to the chase. What do you need to make? And I think that's what's what's nice about this the change in this question, which is what do you, what is your expectations on on pay? Is that wrong to ask? I don't think that's against the law, is it? Well, no, I, I hope I, not. I think you should skip past the point where you make an offer. I think you should just say, "What do you want to get paid? What do you?" But what does that it? what does that matter though? Because you, as a company, you should be just paying what the job is worth, right? Especially getting back to equal pay, you should get well, paid what the job is worth. Okay. Because again, if you don't, then you're susceptible to that. Like men, the theory of men ask for more money, women ask for less money. But that's not how the free market works. You don't get to just say this job pays this, and if you can, if you're willing to accept uh, no, that, it is, then go. No, it is. It is. That is how the free market works. Because if you say this job pays this, take it or leave it. Then, no, if, no, no, if, no. no, hang on. Let me finish okay. my st- okay. my thought. If you're not, if that's not enough, you're not going to be able to hire people. Right. And then you will have to change that, which is the free market working. Well, n- yes, to a certain extent. Okay. But there's also the supply and demand curve, which if you if the demand is high and supply is low and you're, you're trying to attract people, you don't just say, this is what I'm, I'm willing to pay, take it or leave it. There's a negotiation there. There's a, yeah, sure. I need this skill set. I need you. Right. What, do we, what is it going to take? Right. And, and the idea of, of asking on the basically flipping the question and saying, what do you need salary-wise? Is it seen as empowering the interviewer or the interviewee? Is that right? Yeah, the person, right. the person applying for mm-hmm. the job, which I like. It gives them an opportunity to, to start the negotiation. Perception process. of power, maybe, but sure. That's exactly it, though. Yeah. I mean, I, mean, I can ask you what you want to make. That doesn't mean I'm going to pay that to you, but, you know. Well, yeah. I mean, that's part of the negotiation. But it's good to know, like, are we even, are we even close? Can we, can we strike and, a and deal I here? I think that's part right. of it. I mean, a lot of times when you work with cr- recruiters and things like that, you kind of talk about what your salary requirements are yeah. and they try to weed out. And, and on the other side too, they're like, we, we need this person, but we've only got this much in our budget. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but interesting enough, I mean, I got to give props to Salesforce. They, they did another analysis on their equal pay and they found out that uh, they needed to pay some gentlemen a little bit more as well. Oh, they're copying Google. Oh, what's it? Facebook or Google? Google, Google. that just did that. Google. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Let's be original here, guys. Uh, but no, hey, that's all good. I mean, they're, they're being equal about equal, right? How, how many levels of inception of equality do we have to go to before we're happy? I don't know. Uh, so th- this article reports that uh, fi- so there were 35,000 employees globally required adjustments. Of those required adjustments, 39% wait, 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 were women. Wait, 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 wait. First of all, move your hands so we can hear what you're saying. 35,000 employees needed adjustments? Which is 5%. No, no, no. That's like how many people Salesforce employs. Salesforce employs like the latest pay assessment found that 5% of our 35,000 employees. Oh, 5% of 35,000. Right. Okay. Okay. I I, I, I guess I didn't hear that. No, you probably didn't. Because your hand was in front of your mouth. (laughs) No, because I didn't state it. Oh, you didn't say that. Yeah. (laughs) I like picked and choose the numbers. (laughs) Trying to be a tech journalist here. Mm. Uh, So 5% of our, this is a quote, 5% of our 35,000 employees globally required adjustments of those who required adjustments, 39% were women, 54% were men, and 7% were due to race and ethnicity. Uh, so, I don't know. I mean, that, I, Keep in I think mind, that's encouraging. These aren't real journalists, Richard. They're tech journalists. I felt like you were cueing me. I was. That's one of my favorite 
drops. So, yeah, that's interesting. I mean, oh, I don't know. I mean, what do you say about this? Like, I, th I think it's hard because, I mean, obviously there's a negotiation process that happens and like your ability to negotiate really will determine how much you get paid. Right. And, and, and it, that has nothing to do with your skill at doing the job. And here's the thing, like we're all, everyone who works, we're all business people. Yes. Right. And you know, the, you know, the thing they say and people are like, oh, I don't like to sell. I could never sell. And then someone in the room says, well, actually everyone has, to, everyone sells because you have to sell yourself no matter what you do, which is true. Right. And your success in life, at least, uh, you know, commercially, is kind of depend on how well you can sell yourself and manage your own business as a as a professional, right? In yeah. your in it, and no matter who you work for. And you know, the thing is, is for all the all the employees, no matter who, what company they work for, they came to an agreement. They mutually came to an agreement, hopefully not under any duress, right? By their own free will. And their own knowledge, you know, scientera, right? These legal terms. Mm -hmm. And then to go back and say, oh, no, no, that's no longer good enough. Um, even though we, this is what we agreed on and both parties willingly, you know, came, came to terms on this. We're going to change this now. We're going to change the deal. Now, good thing for the employees is Salesforce is always just raising the number. They don't go to, I don't think they're going to anyone saying, you know what? We actually paid you too much. We need to lower that. They're probably not doing that. Well, maybe they are. I don't know. But, I hope not. <laughs> but so for most people, like, you know, if someone, if you make a deal with someone, like if I make a deal, I say, hey, John, I'm going to sell you this piece of, this is a piece of crap. Va Lampoon's Christmas Vacation Cousin Eddie's RV Imperial Brown Ale. <laughs> Guarantee you this tastes like what came out of the shitter. Okay. <laughs> if I said, hey, I'm going to, I'll sell that to you for five bucks. And then you took it home. And then next week he came in, he's like, hey, I didn't, I didn't drink that yet. Or maybe you did. Maybe you drank it. Like, that was really good. I'm going to give you another $2 for that, Jeremy. Oops. You're raising, you're raising my rate. That's, that's great with me. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to accept that. So that, that's kind of what Salesforce is doing. So it's not like they're breaking their contract or breaking an agreement. They're, they're saying, hey, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to offer you a better agreement. And almost everyone accepts. Sure, sure, I'll take more money. That's not, that's not a problem. But I mean, it's just, it's just odd that you're, you're having to do that so much. That's like, why do they have to keep doing that? And this is just kind of the part I don't understand. Like, people willingly... And, I, and, I, but I think, and, and the problem is like, you know... Here's the problem. For companies that really do have, like, maybe they had a couple of jerks in, as hiring managers or in HR that were, that were really, you know, um, just like institutionally, like trying to pay men more or underpay people of a certain race or whatever, you know, that kind of thing. I mean, yeah, that that crap's got to be ferreted out because that's just true inequality, right? And and bigotry, right? And that's got to go. But the things were just like someone negotiated better. Someone was a better business person. They came in and they, they struck a better deal. They sold themselves better. Like, that person deserves to get paid more. Yeah. I, I, do, you see, do you follow me? Like, they, I, I, I do. There's, I, that, that should be rewarded by the free market. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I, I, and, maybe, I, and I've been a, you know, an entre a, a little business, small business entrepreneur my whole life. So, like, maybe that's just that's coming through in me right now. It, it is. Because I, I, I can... I can think back to the beginning of my career and I was not good at selling myself. I was not good at, at anything we're, I took whatever most of us weren't good, me. right? It sucked. We, took, we were so underpaid. It was ridiculous. It wasn't right? until yeah. my late twenties, maybe thirties when I finally grew the cojones to, to, to finally start trying to sell myself and trying to ask for what I wanted. By the way, literal translation of cojones in, from Spanish boxes. <laughs> 
boxes. John had the, he got the boxes. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I could have used the other word. <laughs> Huevos. <laughs> That's eggs. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of metaphors. There's a lot of words that for those <laughs> yeah. things. It's a bilingual podcast. Um, but yeah, it wasn't until later in life when I had some confidence in my abilities and I had some confidence in my career that I was able to start really kind of forcing the idea of what I wanted to get paid. And even up until recently, I still did not apply that to its fullest extent. Yeah. I mean, there, there's like layers to this and experience and maturity and everything that comes with it. And this had, this had nothing to do with that you were a man or not a man or whatever. No, and that's what I'm, not, I'm still not sure me. what you exactly yeah, do. So I, mean, I don't know. That, okay. that kind of frustrates me sometimes on, when it comes to this topic is that, you know, a lot of times it's just my level of maturity, my, my ability to negotiate, my ability to sell myself and really just convey that I have the skill set to do this. And, and not only that, I'm, I'm, I'm worth this much, you know? Yeah. <clears throat> But the way that you prove that you're worth that much is if you have someone else that's also willing to pay you that much, right? Yeah, but I mean, that's what, that's what, it's like, you know, shop, that's shopping around, but that's, that's why you go to multiple interviews. That's why. Exactly. Exactly. And again, this and is you, not something you, I learned and you until shop, later. You shop one offer against the other but offer. But yeah, it's, it's not something I learned until later in life as well. When I interviewed for something, I was begging for a job. I felt, I felt like I went into an interview going, please hire me. Yeah. But now it's more like it's a conversation. It's like I'm interviewing you the same time you're interviewing me to see if we're a good fit. And so my pers my perception or my perspective on it has changed as a mutual conversation, right. a yeah. negotiation. Yeah. Well, let's say that you're gonna you're gonna sell your car, right? Because you're you know you're I know you've been thinking about you know maybe at some oh. point you, know, you it's you're probably overdue, but think about getting a new car. And you're, let's say you were gonna you don't want to trade it and you're gonna sell it because you're gonna you want to get more for it. It's your job to figure out what that car is worth. Because if you go and offer, if it's worth four grand, and you go offer, you tell someone, hey, you know, you want to, oh, you want to buy this? I'll, I'll give it to you for, I'll sell for. Two, can you get, can you give me two grand for it? Well, sure, I'll give you two grand for it. Thank you. Done. Like, it's your job to understand what it's worth, mm -hmm. or you're not going to get what it's worth. Right. And I know that seems cold to people when I say that. It seems cold-hearted. Well, I think there's two sides to this, to this, or two perspectives on this argument. One is that there is a certain amount of stuff that is in your control, the stuff you can negotiate. And then there's genuine inequality where people are, are not being honest about what they're paying people. Yeah. I don't know how else to say that without getting into the weeds, right. but you know, I, I think there's, there's definitely two sides to it, but I think the side that I'm concentrating more on is just my, what I've, what I've experienced in the past and how I had to mature in order to get to a point where I'm able to sell myself and yeah. I'm able to have that confidence. And the thing about sales, you know, the, the, with, you know, Salesforce go, always going, you know, they've done this so many times now, like gone back and, you know, reviewed things and realized they've had problems. You know, if you look at the adjustments, the, at least when they, when they have announced the actual dollar amounts, it's, it is extremely fractional as an over, you know, in, and in relation to the size of the company they are. Right. So it's not like, because you would think, well, how can a company afford to do that? Always continuing, always going back and like, Raising people's pay and all that. Well, it's it's actually a very small amount of money. At least if every time Salesforce has announced dollars. Which is to say, in a, in a good way, I think, that Salesforce has actually very little pay equality problems. Yeah. You know, I think that's been demonstrated throughout the years as they as, yeah. as they've actually looked into this. I right. mean, when you break down the three million or six million that they spend a year on on leveling out the equality pay, yeah. whatever. Yeah. Beer. 
uh, <laughs> it ends up being like a point zero zero something right, percent right. of of revenue. But you know, so we all know Salesforce is a woke company. They're always going to be talking about this. <laughs> oh, Brett, dropping the truth. That is that is true in so many cases. Small business. At my company, we pay the women about twice as much as the men in the same role. <laughs> I know the feeling. Uh, it's funny. All right, John, we are, we're running long. So we better get done. I know we, do we, do we have any community things we need, we've got to get to? Uh, we do, and then we'll get into that last topic. Yeah. I, I've succeeded at saving the topic that I wanted to save for last, for last, because no one's going to still be listening. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so this one from the community comes from Paul Battison. He did say we could use his name. Just a reminder, if you don't want to use your name, just don't say anything because we won't. Yep. You have to give us permission to use your name. Uh, he says, uh, firstly, congrats to Jeremy on getting MVP status. Secondly, congrats to you guys on this community. I happen to notice a couple of more people in there today that I didn't even know were in the GDS Ohana. Oh, we have a GDS Ohana. <laughs> it's a sub-genre. It's a sub-Ohana. Well, it used to be GDS Army, but I think Ohana is probably more fitting. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Whatever. Continue. <laughs> Where's my Puna Puke Puda Puda? Oh. I don't know how to say it. I don't, what See, what, should, I, on this, what should I search for? Pon? P-O-N? I think is the clip name. I wonder if I have that. Let me. You should. I saw, I saw it in there recently. I almost Did used you? it. Oh my gosh. Oh, here we go. <laughs> so just so you know from now on, it's panawapukukupu.mp3. <laughs> Such a white boy. Uh, okay. <laughs> uh, uh, so uh, GDS Ohana, people that are worth listening to. <laughs> Salesforce shows how good the show is. Uh, Oh, shows how good the show is when these folks are wanting to be part of the group. Okay, now you have both these suitably praised the uh, the question from all the languages and framework. Okay, so the actual question is the languages and frameworks you have worked with over the years. What one feature would you bring to the platform and why? Uh, his answer would be Lambda functions. Oh, and I okay. So I saw this email and I thought originally he was talking about like uh, function as a service, but now that you say that, I don't think that's what he's talking about. I think he's talking about like lambdas, mm -hmm. not, not Lambda, the service. Lambda, Lambda, Lambda. Yeah. Yes. I mean, and even, we don't even have anonymous classes. And we don't. And I, and I assume he's talking about Apex too, I guess, or, or whatever. Um, because JavaScript, does JavaScript have, are they Lambdas? Not really. I mean, I, I honestly think they are, especially with the arrow, the 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 arrow functions are. God, oh, those have got to be oh, those have got to be the lambdas. I don't know, but even just you know declaring a new what does it, does, it, does JavaScript call them anonymous functions? It does, right? Anonymous functions. Um, mm -hmm. To me, those are kind of lambdas. I mean, they they create closures, the actual actual closures. Um, the arrow function, I. Th Think is identical, except it, the handling of of this is different. Mm. Uh, I think the arrow function preserves this, and with with normal anonymous functions, this can get kind of dicey to know what the hell's going on. Um, that's a good one. I mean, I think actually, honestly, I I don't think I've said this before. Maybe not, but I I would like to have you know at least anonymous function, if not something like you know like like the Java lambda syntax. Um, is probably more important for me than namespaces. 
I was going to say, where does namespaces rank? It, they're that? both up there. I mean, that's not really, that's a language feature, not a framework feature. And I you know, not a, but I guess so he listed, he listed are, are a language, it's a language feature. feature. So, you know, whatever, whatever feature you want for, you know, some feature from your favorite platform or language, like what, what does Salesforce really need? What, what would be the top of your list? It's kind of hard to top lambdas. <laughs> Namespaces would be another. I mean, can I just put like deployment in general? Just that whole, you know. That's not a language feature. It's, a, it's kind of a framework. It's a tooling feature, feature I mean, yeah, isn't it? I think we're being loose on just what, what would you, what feature? I mean, if we're going to be loose about it, then I'd want like local compile. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know. But yeah, I, I cannot disagree with lambdas. That's, that, that's a, definitely the top of my list. I don't know, maybe, maybe proper inheritance? I don't know. What do you mean by proper inheritance? Tell me what you don't like about Apex inheritance. Well, it's... Because it's actually quite different than Java's, for sure. And it's different from, from Visual Studios as well, or from C Sharp. I don't like Visual Studio, but... I don't know, I guess I, guess I have a love-hate relationship with, with inheritance, and maybe it's good that Salesforce didn't really support inheritance the way I use it. Because I think I was using it wrong for the longest time. I mean, I would, I, th I think early on I created inheritance for for the sake of inheritance. Like I was using it as these hierarchy of classes for the sake of just abstracting code yeah. that I didn't have to abstract. Like it, it mm. there was no reason. There was no, there's no reason that this would have to be inherited from any for any other reason. Well, there was that point in which, and this is, goes back a while now, but where <clears throat> I think the object oriented world learned in, learned that composition was probably more powerful. Yeah. And appropriate than inheritance was yeah. for a lot of situations. But I start thinking about you know, kind of where it does come into play, and I, and again, I'm still questioning whether or not this is a good thing or not. But you know, when you think about patterns and things like that that heavily use things like inheritance and interfaces and all those kind of things, and I don't know. I, I mean, you can accomplish that with Salesforce, but there's like certain nuances, I guess. There's weird things like, um, like you know, nested. Classes can't have statics, yeah. right? That's that that one always. Uh, but even then, that I mean, that's solved by namespaces. I mean, it's it's rare that I create an. It was, it would be like blue moon rare that I would ever create a nested class in in C sharp. I mean, I just would stick it in another namespace. And and of course, there's you know with Java, there's like there's inner classes, nested classes. They're, they're all slightly different things. But I think by default in Java, they're they're, the inner classes are not static, and in Salesforce they are static. Like so, for example, an inner class in Apex, it does not automatically get a pointer to an instance of its parent. It's actually a, it's a static inner. It's what Java would call like a static inner class. Mm. I think. See, so yeah, there's there's actually a lot of subtle differences between Apex and Java when it comes to that kind of stuff. Yeah, and I guess maybe understanding how things are passed around. You know, by ref, copy of. It's always by reference, but that well, reference. Well, no, it's not always. I've, I've no, I'm not, wait, 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 sorry. I, I'm wrong. It's actually <laughs> always by value, but the value may be a reference. Yeah. It, it may be a, a value of a, a value of a pointer. And, and maybe that's my point is that, you know, it'd be nice to have some kind of annotation or something in the language that let me explicitly define what, because they've even started doing that with classes. Like now you have the um, inheritance keyword on classes. It technically did that if you didn't put with sharing or without sharing, but now it's explicit, and now you can explicitly say, "I'm intending for this to be inherited from a from a security perspective." Yeah, 
does still always confuse me. Because what they say is not what they are. That's the problem. Yeah. But still, having, having annotations or having some kind of keyword in the language that, that lets you be explicit of what your intent is, yeah. I think is better than, than having the magic defaults happen. You know, you just have to know that this is all by ref or this is all by value or, you know, it, it's just yes. it's not explicit enough. So C Sharp is closed by default? Am I right about that? Everything's by value. Or no, it's default. open. No, no. Well, I'm, I'm talking about whether things are extendable or not. Like oh. in Salesforce, they're closed. In, in Apex, they're closed by default. Like you have to say something's virtual or it can't be overridden, right? Right. So you're saying that you don't like the fact that you don't have to say can't override if it's... Because if, if you don't put virtual on it, it's, it can't be overridden. And you don't like that. Yeah, maybe I haven't just explored it deep enough or haven't had a reason to explore it deep enough. Do you like the fact that if something's not static, you don't, you know, should you have to put not static? <laughs> no. I, I mean, I get your point. Yeah. I mean, th there's, there's a balance to it, right? There is, actually. You know? Yep. But anyways, I digress. All right, let's get to our main topic. Yeah, before I, before I open this other beer and we have to Uber home. I got to pee. Well, you better hurry then because <laughs> we're not taking a pee break. Oh, darn. Let's go. Right, so Jeremy's an MVP now. Uh, well, yeah. I don't know if it's official. Like, you still have to sign the paperwork. So I, just so people know, like the past few days for me have been a complete haze because I, for some reason I can't sleep very well. And, and also I'm super busy. And so I, it's kind of funny because like mid-morning yesterday is when I finally checked my personal email and I, I saw I got the email. And this is also weird. Like I had no idea this MVP stuff was even happening. I don't know when the, I don't know when they do this or I just had no, um, I, don't, I wouldn't have any reason to. I don't angle for this thing. I don't, I don't monitor it. I don't, it's just not a thing. I don't, it's just not my, you know, it's I'm not involved in it. And I don't, yeah. it's just not something I've been shooting for or whatever. So it's, uh, I haven't been like checking the scoreboard or like looking for the email. And so I, I got the email. I'm like, wait, what, what? I saw the subject. I'm like, what, what? And I actually just, didn't know that the, it was happening either. I had no idea. So it's like <laughs> complete, was completely out of the blue for me. And so, and it's kind of this long email. But there's things like, first of all, it's like, don't say anything because we're going to try to keep it secret until we announce or mm -hmm. whatever. And so I'm like, okay, I didn't yeah. say anything. But it's also, you know, there's like, I got a, you know, the, the NDA is in there and like, and there's a bunch of this other stuff you got to do. And I didn't, honestly, I didn't have time to, I haven't even looked at that NDA. I haven't, didn't even read the rest of the email. I've just been so, so busy. Um, so yeah, so technically, I mean, I haven't signed on the dotted line yet. So <laughs> I got I got to send that to legal review first. Yeah. <laughs> and since I'm a closet lawyer, then uh, it sh should be easy, right? Yeah. But, you know, and someone already, someone, I've had a couple people contact me and said, oh, so you're changing your tune, huh? I'm like, oh, I don't know. We'll see. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I've already, my employer and my wife have both, I will just say, strongly encouraged me to, <laughs> to, to accept this. I, so, I I, so if I don't accept it, I'm going to have all kinds of business and personal problems on my hand <laughs> to, to quote friend of the show and, and, and probably a bit of a mentor, uh, show black. It, it's a good club to be in. Yeah. And you know, the thing is, I mean, and, and I'll still, I mean, it'll be, it'll be interesting and to, um, to see it from, from the inside, I guess, to whatever degree I'm in, in, in the inside, but you know, it's never felt like it's a group that like I would fit in well in some of that. This is probably a personality thing. 
I, I kind of feel that way too. I kind of feel like an outsider. I'm not like the the gung ho guy that jumps into the group and everyone knows. In fact, I'm sure people are in the group don't even know who I am. Like a good portion of them. But I think there's pockets of that. I think there's pockets of people that are very vocal and kind of you know the rah rah right the rah rah yeah. everything. I think everything is awesome. Yeah, and I think there's there's pockets like maybe like people like me that are just a little more reserved, but you know we do our thing. You know. Yeah. yeah. And there are people, and I, you know, I won't, I won't name any names, but you can probably think of some if you know some of these. MVPs. But there's a lot of MVPs that are not the rah rah. They're, and there's nothing, you know, it's like whatever. If you want to be rah rah, that's fine, you know. Yeah. I mean, that's a lot of. I mean, MVP is is sells is is Salesforce, um, paying back to people that have they're supporting them. Yeah. That are you know it's it's a you scratch my back I'll scratch yours I'm going to recognize you for this. I'm going to give you some free stuff and let you come to Dreamforce and whatever. You know, I was like, keep doing your thing and we'll, we'll keep, we'll keep, you know, doing our thing here. Um, nothing wrong with that. I mean, I think, you know, a lot of these big tech companies do this kind of thing and they've done it for, it's not a new thing. You know, mm -hmm. It is what it is. But um, yeah, it's not when you, when I see a lot, cause a lot of the more vocal and visible MVPs out there, I mean, it's just like, I see that and I don't relate to it. I'm like, I don't relate to that kind of behavior. It's not my thing. Yeah. Um, but I do have to say, uh, just got to get this off my chest, that, you know, you and I, I mean, and obviously, I mean, the, the only reason I was, people even know who I am, because really, I'm kind of a heads down guy. You are too, actually. Mm -hmm. you know I mean, you had your, you did your blog thing for a while. I don't think you did that much anymore. I don't know. Do yeah. you? I, don't, I try. But... When Google Reader quit on me, I stopped reading everyone's blog, so I don't know. You know. Well, <laughs> I, I thought I'd take a page from your book and start doing a secret blog. But... There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but no, I mean, obviously, I mean, I'm, I'm to whatever degree anyone knows me, it's, it's through this podcast. Um, otherwise, I kind of keep my head down. I just do my own thing, you know. I'm not a real out there kind of person. I've even pulled back. I mean, I used to do Twitter more, and I'm kind of, Twitter's annoying nowadays, so I don't do much on there. I'm not, I'm not, I'm real, yeah. I'm not a big social media guy, so. And, and that's one of the, I think, the common threads you see with these MVPs is, you know, they're very active on Twitter, and they're, you know, it's just. But you don't have to be. You, do, you obviously don't because I'm not. I mean, I'm on Twitter. Yeah, but we, we, unlike some, unlike certain MVPs, I'm, I am on Twitter. Yeah. That's, what, that's what I was going to say. <laughs> um, no, so it's, it's a podcast, and and this is something that you know we we've always said, and we've um, you know we we still get these emails. People want to advertise. They want to they want to you know they they want to they want to tap into really the relationship that you and I have built with like all of these people who are in this community now. And, uh, and this, you know, again, I don't, I don't begrudge anyone for advertising. I, I understand it because, I mean, there's a cost just some time and, and some money and whatever to do, to do this kind of thing. But, I mean, it's just, that's not, I've never wanted to go down that route. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's because of all these people who have, like, kind of joined this community. It's, it's not just about you and I talking to each other. It's about all these people talking to each other that are, that are I, I think, somewhat like-minded in terms of, like, I mean, yeah, we're in this, we're in this space and we, you know, we face some we, similar issues and we can help each other, but maybe also this is like, this is like the, you know, the not so raw, raw, like the just more, I don't, I don't know. Again, everything has its place, I guess, but it's, again, it's a sub, it's a sub Ohana. It's, <laughs> it's a, one of these Ohanas that's not like the others a little bit. It's a little sub. Yeah. And, and it's, and obviously, I mean, it's the MVPs who vote on MVPs. And so it's definitely the people in this community that, that would have voted for me. Right. So, um, which is which is just a it's a flat it's a very flattering and I'll just I'm gonna get this over with because I don't like talking about this guy it's very flattering and I also have to say the 
don't know if you saw it, but um, Holly Firestone is her name, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, who is the social, you know, she manages social stuff or maybe or, or the MVP program. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But she, uh, did you see the video she made? No. Okay. So she tweeted it to me. She made a, I should probably do this. I'm sure she did this for all the new MVPs, but she made a, a custom video for every MVP. Oh, I got to see this. Yeah. I haven't seen it. No, you should see it. And it was just, I didn't get a custom video. It was, it was very flattering. Um, it was, it's, it, and it's really, I think it's actually really cool that she takes the time to, um, to do that for everyone. I don't know. I probably won't find it. I was going to see if I could find it and play it. Um, well, we can try to find it and put it in the show notes. Let's see. It should be not that hard to find, maybe. I don't know. Here we go. Should I play this? Jeremy, it is a good day, sir. Welcome to the Salesforce MVP program. Thank you so much for everything that you do in the community, the amazing work with your podcast. As one nomination said... Your insight and entertainment that makes keeping up to date with Salesforce.com news insightful and enjoyable. Congratulations. That's awesome. Yeah. So that was very nice. Anyway, yeah, it's it's um it's flattering and humbling, I guess. Um, now we got a clipper saying good day, sir. I know, actually. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be part of the rotation. Yeah. So it'll be it'll be Gene Wilder, mm-hmm. Captain Holt, yep. and Holly Firestone. Yeah. By the way, I wonder if she's I wonder if she's, by the way, she's in, she's a Texas girl too. Did you know that? She's yeah. in Austin. Okay. Yeah. But I wonder if she's related to the, uh, to the Firestone uh, beer folks in, uh, where are they? They're in, um, um, oh, where's, where's the, uh, in central California, the big, the big wine town. Oh, I don't know. The, the, they make a ton of Malbec. Um, oh my gosh. Beer oh, brain. Total know. beer brain. Total beer brain. Well, how's beer brain? Malbec is a grape. I know, but I have beer brain. <laughs> Malbec, California. Malbec is, is one it? of my favorites. Um, anyway, it's in Central California. But anyway, that's where Firestone Walker is. Okay. And I wonder if she's related to the Firestone family. Oh, who knows? Yeah, Dave, so you have David Walker, who is the Brit. <clears throat> and then Paul, I think it's Paul Firestone. Hmm. And I th- think his family is in the wine business, too. So he came from the wine business. And anyway. Stop trying to change randomness. Change the subject. I don't know. Well, I'm I'm done with that anyway. Well, uh, a member of the community did share one of their nominations, and I want to read it to you. Uh, oh, and I should also say that I'm, and I, you have not. I got to say, John has not said anything about any of this, and I could be completely wrong about this. Uh-huh. But I'm sure you probably gave me like a glowing. Oh no, I skipped over you. You skipped me. Okay, so <laughs> screw you then. Never mind. I was going to thank you, but screw you. No, I did. I oh, know you did. I thank you for that, John. I'm sure you said nice words about me. I'm sure that was very, very hard. You're like, oh, God, I got to say something nice about this guy. <laughs> no, I, I, I don't remember exactly the words I used, but I, I, I know that I definitely gushed about how you got me started. You're the one that, that mentored me in a lot of things. And um, hell, hell, I wouldn't even be a developer today if it wasn't for you. Aww. I gave up on that. So. It's so special. You know. <laughs> Jeremy did a lot for me. I don't, I don't think anybody knows that, but... Yeah. He brought me back from a lot of self-destruction. You used to get sure. drunk in the cornfields together. <laughs> Chasing a beagle. <laughs> yeah, oh, God. <laughs> Which you're not supposed to do because beagles will just run. They, yeah. And they will outrun you for sure. Yeah. Uh, so I'm going to do this anonymously. Uh, I don't know if I got permission to use the name or not, but eh, anonymously. As one of the entertaining and informative duo that produces the Good Day Sir podcast, Jeremy provides insight and entertainment that makes keeping up to date with Salesforce.com news insightful and enjoyable. Sounds familiar. 
The Slack community that he has helped facilitate also provides a way for Salesforce developers to discuss issues and get assistance with Salesforce-specific questions. So thank you. That was, uh, that's and nice. and that, cherry, this makes me uncomfortable to hear this. Cherry on the yeah. cake. We'll yeah. give you a chance to, to kind of let your blushes go. Yeah. I, I produced a video. Now, oh, I do have to qualify this. I only had like one night to do this together, so I'm not 100% happy with it, but uh, it is what it is, and uh, I think Jeremy's got it queued up. We'll, we'll play the uh, Jeremy Ross MVP montage. Do I have that? Yeah, it's in the Oh, gosh, that's, that's oh, the cue for me to do something. Uh, <laughs> I said the words cue it up. <laughs> Podcast. What's it called? We're professionals. Oh, here MVP we go. Montage. Okay, all right. Well, John, apparently we're about to kick off a really exciting thing. Ooh, I have a radio voice. You know what it is? No. It's MVP Summer 2015! <laughs> 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 That's when we used to have fun. Yeah. <laughs> How do the MVPs feel about all this? Go get your badges. Jen was right. <gasps> wow! Please clap. <laughs> yeah, and just remember, if you want to keep that MVP membership... <laughs> Wait, what? Stop. This is the effing problem. Uh, <laughs> keep in mind, these aren't real journalists, Richard. They're tech journalists. Hey, tech. So one thing, but one thing that we've talked about that, that we try to do is to be transparent and, and honest. Like, you remember what our episode one title was? Our, that, our episode one title was A Cacophony of MVPs. Uh, oh, sure God. was. Forgot about that. <laughs> take a bow. Um, I don't know. I think we were, I was just kind of taking the piss out of the MVPs a little bit just because of how <laughs> like, social butterflies they are. And we want to thank you. Uh, Here's all my fellow MVPs feeling refreshed and ready to rock. <laughs> <laughs> that was awesome. So great job. That's all I know. That's all I know is what Salesforce told me to do. Salesforce developers. Programming is really awesome. Yeah, all these things you said. It's like, and I know what you mean because I've known you for 20 years. But like, Um, it's like words matter. We should call things by their right name. And developers, 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 developers. I just want to know: Is are any of the MVPs asking for namespaces in Apex? (laughs) I have no idea. You get nothing. You lose. Good day, sir. Good day, sir. Oh my gosh, that was a lot of work. How did you find all that stuff? Uh, it was tough. <laughs> it was really tough. Wow. I'm sure I missed a bunch, but yeah, I had I had one night to do it. So, oh my gosh, I, don't I hope you enjoyed it. it. Oh, that was, I did. That's it impressive, you. John. You're always you're good at that. I don't know. Those are those things. If I say if you don't like have because we don't have transcripts, so you can't search through stuff. You don't know where this stuff yeah. was. Yeah. Uh, that was very nice, John. That was, that was funny. <laughs> Yeah. I'm glad. Social butterflies. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, so me. Uh, well, okay. Let's get, let's move on. Okay. <laughs> um, we should mention this. We probably should have mentioned this earlier, but a uh, quick extracurricular update. So the extracurricular is this um, community-driven uh, event that that will now be the second time it happens at Trailhead DX. So we. We, uh, we enjoyed and appreciated partnering with Salesforce on that last year, and they asked us to do it again this year. And so we've had the, the, you know, the, the period of like submit your talk things that's been going on. It's closed now, or the main submission is closed. Right. Uh, quick, the quick talk submissions, which in other communities, it's called lightning talks, but you can't, that's a reserved word in the Salesforce space. Mm-hmm. So we call them quick talks. Uh, there's like the five minute ones. 
Uh, those are open until April 12th. Uh, you can get more information about those if you're interested in doing one. We, I think we still need people to, to sign up to do those. There, there's five minutes. You can just like, it's like a quick show and tell. So a lot of, you know, people who don't have as much speaking experience, it's a good opportunity just to get like a, a quick little five minute thing. It's not as much work. It's not as much stress, you know, and like get you just some experience. Uh, you can read more about how those talks work at theextracurricular.org. Correct. So you might have to look up how to spell that word first before you can get <laughs> I do there. every time. I do too. I don't <laughs> um, yeah, and, and apparently we've got some really good submissions. I, uh, I have to say I've been, because I've been so damn busy, I've been pretty much zero help with you guys. So apologize to the rest of the team who's, who's uh, reviewing those submissions. Yeah. So. But an update on that, for those of you have, who have submitted, uh, made submissions, uh, keep an eye out on your email. We will be sending out uh, invites or at least communicating on when we can meet up and do some interviews so we can get this taken care of. Yeah, that's going to be fun. That was awesome last year. I mean, even even yeah. the time it was our first time, and it was just you know again totally community driven. Salesforce pretty much let us do whatever we want. I think they were you know, I think they were skeptical at first, but the, the, you well, know, sure, they're for last year letting a bunch of strangers come in into their well, not their... strangers. I mean, you had you have oh, guys yeah. like Chuck yeah. and um, uh, Peter Chittam was kind of our our handler, you know, working with us and everything, and then. Um, the 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 main speakers were people. These were not unknown quantities, you know. Sure. Um, sure. So it's like it was going to go off the rails, but I think it worked out well. I mean, and, and as far as I can tell, Salesforce is really happy. I don't have any communication with whoever it is at Salesforce that does these things. I think maybe Chuck does. I don't know. Somebody does. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it it. Every, I think everyone was mutually pleased, and uh, so it's happening again. Do we know yet, like, what our venue is? Because last year we had the. Um, what, I do you, what do you call them? The theater, right? right. It's kind of at the front too. I, I, I actually like that space. I thought it was good, but I, I think we're getting something a little more private this year. But I, I don't want to speak out of turn and yeah, so we don't that, know. Okay, so we don't know. But yeah, so if you're if you're interested in doing a quick talk, check out the website. What else, John? Is that it for extracurricular? That's it. Okay. Uh, we're, we're running long, so I don't want to get into our site updates, but. Just so yeah. you know, I have been working on moving platforms, and so there have been a few glitches. If you guys find anything, drop me a note in Slack. I'll try to fix anything, any issues you might have, you might be having. Um, and also, you can listen to us on Spotify now. I got that set up. So for those of you that, that well, Spotify, so from next week, I th actually I would like to talk about both of those because I'm sure there's some interesting. Oh yeah, it tech was techie details, right? Talk about a migration that was. That was an eye opener. Yeah, wow. <laughs> like decisions I made way back when are coming back to haunt me. So yeah, hmm. interesting. Yeah, you know, the older you get, the wiser you get. Yeah, you, you get wiser by. Well, I by remember. Your own I remember decisions. thinking I'm doing this specifically because it'll save me in the future. And nope. No. Yeah. <laughs> that was some premature optimization. It was. It was exactly <laughs> that. <laughs> All right. Well, so we've talked about our our Slack team again. That's that's I think one of the the great things about this community. I mean, Slack is just, this is the tool that we use, but it's the community. And the way if, uh, that you get access to that is just by going to gooddaysirpodcast.com and clicking on community. Yes. Don't try, try the slash community because that is reserved for Sir Benjamin himself, apparently. <laughs> uh, and uh, just put your email address in and John will add you manually because uh, he likes to do manual things. Yep. Makes him feel needed. Uh <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we also, if you would like to uh, send us, uh, you can email us. 
show topics, questions, feedback, whatever you want to rant, complain about what jerks we are and how much we don't understand about the whole equality of whatever. I'm always uh, interested in rounding out my thought process, my thought technology on these things. And you do that at info at gooddaysirpodcast.com. By default, we will not use your name. So if you're okay with us using your name, if we talk, do talk about it on, on the air, uh, as they call it, mm -hmm. then you must specifically say, hey, you can use my name. Uh, other than that, we always like reviews on whatever, wherever you can leave reviews and the stars and the hearts and the a thumbs up and the likes and all those things, no matter what platform you're on. We do get royalty checks for those and we appreciate it. <laughs> I, you know what? I didn't get to my MVP questions, John. Can we do this real quick? Uh, real quick. I, did, I, got a, I got a few questions for you. since Because you're experienced with this. You've been an MVP for a couple of years now, right? Okay. So I want to know when, how, so, you know, I get, the announcement was yesterday. When do I expect the first check? Uh, after your first 30 days, there's a probation period. Okay. And then, and then you get just a massive bonus check prorated for all the years you've been in the Salesforce community. Oh, wow. So mine's going to be big. Yeah. Sweet. Wow. Okay. Um, and also, <laughs> a joke, by the people way. are wanting I to make sure that's clear. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to. <laughs> people are wanting to know was it, was it the beer talk or my massive certification and badge count that got me in? Uh, you know what? As soon as you started getting certifications, it happened, right? That's why I specifically added in the "go get your badges" <laughs> okay. clip in there for you. No, I've I've always had certifications, not not very many, but um, I've started getting badges. Is yeah. what's different. So yeah, yeah it's the badges. Yep. Um, and then my final question. This is probably the most important one. At, at the MVP exclusive events, do they serve craft beer? Uh, it's a crapshoot. Okay, go for the cocktails. <laughs> really? Okay, I, I like a good cocktail. Yeah. All right. Well, Sean. We can end there because I know you've got biological issues to deal with. That's small bladder. What can I say? <laughs> SBS. Well, I want to end it on congratulations, Jeremy. Oh, thanks, well Sean. deserved. Yeah. Uh, you've been a mentor to me. And, oh, uh, no, I haven't. It, it's, it's, uh, it feels good that you got this because in a way it feels like, I don't know, I don't know what to say. That's, that's good enough. Can I hug you? Mm, after the show. <laughs> in <laughs> private. <laughs> and to that I say, good day, sir. You get nothing. You lose. Good day, sir. It is a good day, sir. Those guys are great, aren't they great? <laughs>